Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This week's Sunday session is brought to you by homebrewing source of awesomeness online. More beer at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. I'm jet propelled at all times. (laughs) How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example. And this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think it's bullshit. (laughs) I think it's bullshit too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. No. We're going to teabag fight. You heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five? <laughs> now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. All right, welcome to the program, everybody. Thank you. Nice little Monday show. Back in the studio after a week off. Loving the schedule we got going on here. <laughs> Even though nobody else yeah, does. Yeah, you're the only one, one on, one off. One on, one off. It's fantastic. <laughs> we, are, we are on next. It's, it's pretty much evened out now, yeah. though. Um, although we do have a lot of Monday shows coming up. We're going to be doing that, alternating Monday shows, but not necessarily skipping a lot of weeks. Just our normal one week off a month. I don't know. I don't know. I have I have things going on Mondays that uh, you know hard to hard to replace. So maybe bad. we can shift back to Sundays. Well, we're on Sunday next week, but right, then good. the following week we're on Monday. Oh, I don't like this. Look, I you can like do D and D any day of the week, dude. It's not. It's not that you it's, can LARP on Tuesdays. No, no, no. It's it's, it's different. Fine. He's concerned. His character might die. He doesn't give <laughs> it attention. I haven't played in two Monday. weeks. No. Uh, so I'm I'm stressing out about it now. I see. Are you lo- is your guy losing um, uh, fight points? 
Fight points. Or life I points. I wish they were or... fight points. I do have my 20-sided die right here, though, if you'd like oh. to. Would you like to roll one? No, I've heard you, sure? you guys do that during that uh, JP and Sully mixtape show. <laughs> I hear you guys. Oh, well, he did it once. Yeah. My good that. friend Matt gave me this 20-sided die, so now whenever I have to roll like a dexterity check, yeah. oh, it was the six. I lost. Right. Yeah. Clearly, because I went down the Saving throw for your bad jokes. I've never understood <laughs> sure. the dexterity check. I mean, is it, what, you can't use your fingers really well now? <laughs> if you didn't, if you don't roll a 20 on a dexterity? Well, you know, it's uh, it's for like, you know, if your character needs to like jump on a moving cart, let's say. Well, you know, you need to make sure that your character has an athletic check, mm-hmm. which matches in his dexterity, I think. What does Schumann and Beardy do at your house Beardy when you're playing BD? Beardy's in on it? Oh, yeah. He's soup dude. That dude, we have all the PDFs of like all the the four, all the um, version four books. That dude's read them all on his phone. <laughs> and he's like half blind. So he, like, he puts it up to his face and he's just really scrolling through it. Right. And it's hilarious. But he's reading What he's does read do when he comes home and you're all out there LARPing? He comes. <laughs> <laughs> Firebolt. Um, he he comes in like at eight thirty or nine, and uh, we all chant Schumann real loud, and he goes. <laughs> he makes a stupid face. Yeah, and, and then he comes in, stands. Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, Basically same thing stand. you do every Monday. Yeah, we're larping, and then he turns around and uh, I don't know. He doesn't say. He doesn't. He's not interested. No. It's no. too bad. I'd love to. I, I thought. I thought that maybe Schumann would get into the D and D. So did I. I, I thought did. he'd want to be a dragon master. I think he wants to, but uh, he just gets home late on Mondays. Right. Yeah. It's too late. You can't start. You can't start at the end of the game. No. Life of a music teacher. You know, it's it's hard work. Right. All right. Well, there you have it. <laughs> yeah. So hey, JP didn't. What? Now we were talking about it uh, when I I haven't even spoken to you about it off air. I kept forgetting to ask you, but you got to meet the president of the U.S. Ah, of A. Yes. How did that go? No. Well, I I didn't get to to. Nate, Nate doesn't know. Nate wasn't. No, no, here. no, no, no. no. Oh, really? You didn't know that. Yeah, no. I got to meet Mr. Obama. No, well, did Trump, clearly, did uh, you donate? Did you donate? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm surprised you didn't get arrested. That's the bottom line there. You didn't um, donate. You're not a fan. Clearly, if you're not on, if you're on their guest list uh, to to greet the president, um, yeah. y- they don't do any background checks. No, uh, <laughs> right. I, I was going to get the radios to, weren't working. Yeah, I was going to get to meet him, but uh, that was not in the cards. However, oh. we did see him. Uh, the viewing of the president. It was at Oakland Airport when uh, Air Force One was coming in from Reno. Yeah. Um, and it is weird because we had to go through the employee parking lot, and I didn't know what to say to the guard at the at the gate. I'm like, you know, am I here to? I'm here to see the the man leave on the thing, and uh, he's. I'm like, so yeah, I'm here to see, and he goes, the viewing of the president. The viewing. It sounds like, like a uh, like a wake. Yeah, like like it's, I, 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 it took me back to maybe when like Abraham Lincoln's body was going through. Country. Right. right, Tasty, you were there, right? You're like, I didn't when know what yeah. happened. I just made that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was like, yeah, that's it, man. Yeah. I don't know. It was real uncomfortable. Well, but I cool. thought Taryn said that she got to shake his hand. Well, yeah. And so when he, oh. he lands in that big, you know, monstrosity, Air Force One, um, yeah. he greets a few select people like the mayor of Oakland and stuff like that. And uh, and then he came over to us in the pen. Okay. And, uh, you know, there were like 15 people. There wasn't really a whole lot of people. So you shook his hand. Shook his hand, But yeah. you didn't get to talk to him. When you say you didn't get to right. meet him, you didn't get to say, hi, I'm I, JP. You just, correct. I see. Did, yeah. you have, did you have one of those buzzers in your hand, you know, like from 30 <laughs> years ago? Got you, fucker. <laughs> no, but uh, I did want to pull a 24 where, you know, in that scene in uh, the end of episode or season two, I think, where Mandy the Mad Bomber has like a fake handprint and shakes. I never saw it. David Palmer's hand. And, 
I, re- I remember. Yeah. Sound. Right. I'm sure it was awesome. It was great. <laughs> oh man, 24. But it was it was cool to see all the tactical on the roofs and you know the big sniper rifles and the big giant like goggles just looking around and uh, right. Yeah. All zoomed in on you. <laughs> yeah, you felt really important that somebody's pointing a gun at you for a minute or what? <laughs> yeah, his paranoia was finally justified. They really were watching Seriously, him. Seriously, I had to take my hat up. No, I. So we we go into this small building way off the tarmac on on uh, uh, Oakland Airport, and I have two pairs of glasses i have uh, my normal ones and i have my sunglasses and my sunglasses on and my normal ones inside my coat pocket mm-hmm. uh my breast pocket and so we go in and i'm changing glasses and i'm not even paying attention to what's going on and i'm reaching in my my pocket first you know opening my my blazer pocket or whatever yeah and i'm pulling something out and i kind of the corner of my eye i see these like uh, big burly swat team guys just all kind of look see what i'm were doing they reaching in their pockets as well <laughs> they, were just, they were just looking in case i pulled something out i don't know it was, it, it was pretty cool to be under the watch of tactical right yeah it was a good time and then you went to the president's rally after then that you went to the rally yes sir. how'd you like that it was uh i had to bite my tongue a few times right um but it was cool it was cool to see you know i may not be a fan of his politics but i respect the office a great deal and uh it was uh it was awesome it was awesome to be able to see a sitting president, you know, in person talking. Yeah, mm-hmm. regardless if it's you know campaign gibberish or or not. So it sounds like it went better with than your meeting with the mayor of Martinez. It did go extremely, but yes, yeah. it did. It did go. Although I was extremely gassy, and I had to hold it, you know, hold it back. I'm not sure you're ever not extremely gassy. No, sometimes he's only it's moderately true. gassy. Right. <laughs> That's I mean, also true. I don't know that I've ever been around you when you've gone. Sure, am free of gas today. <laughs> well, uh, I, I've, I've only farted a couple times. Right now, uh, there's no danger. Right. Can we have Doc all. install a hood in the side that side of the room? <laughs> that would be just get vented. We might have to build him his own booth. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Susie Q's got her own booth now. It's yeah. almost uh, fully up. Hi, Suze. How you doing? Hi. Sue's hanging in here and uh, doing the chat room and the phones for us today. And the studio's coming together. Uh, Her booth is now glassed in, and we're soundproofing it. We're still kind of finishing the wiring and all that, so we've got a temporary setup for her. But she's in the chat room now. You can hit the chat now button. How do you like it in there? I like it a lot. I feel like I'm in a penalty box. Yeah. Watching all the action. Yeah, it is kind of a a punishment box, if you will. It was a hockey reference, in case you didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, I got that. Yeah, we're going to be hanging one of those like slave chairs in the corner, or whatever they are, sex chairs, I suppose (laughs) I should. It's the slave chair. The slave chair is totally different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's What's a sex chair? But the good thing is you can, you know, uh, eventually you can close the door and uh, when How we're when we're getting all creepy, you can just, yeah, you've got your own little world in there. I can. Can I decorate? Um, yeah. We have to do some soundproofing first and then you can decorate after that. Don't go too crazy. You know, I want it all Asian in there. I don't, collars in, no dumbasses. <laughs> I, I don't need all that Asian stuff in there. You know how it's all the same. It has all the twirly things at the end of the roof, no and the yeah, I don't need like it. lions and wow. shit. Yeah, and there's that little mini river where there's piece, you know, sushi platters floating by. Yeah, yeah. I don't need. Lakes. Yeah, I don't need that. I don't need like a, a oh. water feature over in the corner. Are you sure? You know, how about a pebble bubble pond? Dude, get out of my head. I don't need need oriental tapestries all over the walls. But you, but it wouldn't hurt. You don't need them, but you want them. Yeah, yeah. You don't know you need them yet. I just don't know yet. You got you got Bevo too, and she's a round eye. She won't know what to do if it's too uh, it's too Asian in there. She won't know what's happening, and she's a little racist. 
So yeah, you got to be careful. But so, you guys share the space. You can decorate accordingly. We'll try to keep the men out of there so you don't have gas issues. That would be really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it would be, but... He just started saying he's gassy. I'll just shut this. <laughs> Watch you guys suffer. Right. Well, the top is still open. We haven't closed off the top for you yet. But... Oh, I didn't even see that. I'm too short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once we close that off, then, uh, you know, there's no airflow. You can hotbox so. yourself. Yeah. In there. You know. All right. Well, I'm liking it, though. I think the booth is going to work out well, and hopefully you'll be able to take phone calls and make phone calls and do the whole thing without us knowing. You know, you have to. Get, I feel like once we have a professional booth, yeah, we have to give the the booth person more to do. I agree. Don't you feel like it becomes more of an official spot, and that yeah. we, they need more things to do? I agree. You know, she's going to have to have segments and bits. She has your own office. She has. You have your own office now. We're going to expect more out of you. I can look busy. You can just look busy, right? I was just thinking, be naked. Well, by more to do, <laughs> that'd be different. No, yeah. I don't know. We're going to have to give her segments or something, Moscow. I feel like it's now it's an official post with the with the sound wall. M- maybe it. I should just hand her the reins to my segments. It'll yeah. just be like beer uh-huh. news with Susie and yeah. you know slow and stout with Susie or whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> yeah. Slow and stout. Well, I'm I like don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> slow and stout. Yeah, well, Bebo, be oh hell no, I ain't doing that. Yeah, I ain't. What do you mean? What what aren't you going to do? Yeah, anything. Yeah, whatever you want, whatever yeah. it is you're thinking. No, <laughs> anything more than what I'm doing right now, <laughs> which is nothing, which is absolutely <laughs> nothing, and that's too much. Do you think Bevo will breastfeed in the booth? She already did. She'll take advantage of it, I'm sure. Yeah, she was uh, the last show I was on two weeks ago. Oh, right? she did. Oh yeah, in the booth. No, yeah. there was no glass though. No, there was no glass. It's a different booth now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a completely different booth. A whole different booth. I think she'll squirt some on the window. Oh, that'd be gross. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> well, if you get bored, just clean the glass or something, Susie. Okay. With what? I'm not a window licker, so like... <laughs> right. That's a good point. We'll have to, we need a window licker. We do. Where's Doc? I'll tell you what we need is we need Moscow to go out and interview some of the Martians soon. <laughs> Those Martians are crazy. Uh, and I'm not talking about the ones that the the, the Mars rover just landed and going to meet. I mean the Martinez Martians. I thought they were Ven- Venusian. No, they're Martians. Uh, that explains no. it. A, that explains a lot. No, those are blind, Scott. God. Yeah, we need a segment. We need to meet the Martian segment. Uh-huh. I know you're getting settled in. Moscow got a new house up in Concord. Moscow moved to Concord. That's now. right. Wow. Um, right in my hood. Uh, we're neighbors. neighbors, I think. You know, just yeah. as the you know the BN. It feels like the BN is moving up, but the staff right. is only going down. No, I mean, no, 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 no. Constantly <laughs> getting trashier and trashier. You're the one who lives in Martinez. I'm agree. That's yeah. what I'm saying. All of the staff, well, myself from Pacheco, included. That's a step up. Concord's great. North Concord. Let's, let's, let's designate proper. I used to live uh, two blocks or so from where your house is now, and uh, although I was the worst neighbor in the neighborhood back then, you as were, I probably am now. Yeah, you were a renter. <laughs> It was a rent. It's a whole different story. But Moscow moved from San Francisco to, to Concord. I mean, you got to admit, aside from becoming a homeowner, yeah. it's getting a little trashier. A, a little bit, yeah. It's all right. It's, I basically moved from California to Nevada. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, exactly. So it's affordable, but you're trashier. Right. And, it's, you know, it's super hot and it's a desert, but right. I can buy there. Yeah. It's a desert. It have, you, have you ever been to his, his other, his flat in the no, city? No. Yeah, it's a real bad neighborhood. It's a crap can. Yeah. Oh, it was? Oh, yeah. yeah. So in that regard, why I never went. it's an upgrade for sure. I see. The yeah. apartment was nice, but the neighborhood was a, a crap can. Yeah. I feel like we're building our empire out here in the East Bay. You know, we got Moscow moved out right. here. Uh, now, Nate's in San Leandro, I yeah. know, and, and he just bought, so it's probably going to be yeah. a while before we can get him to migrate Maybe, yeah, a little yeah. further east. Never know. But uh, 
It's the East Bay, though, at least. Yeah, that's true. He is in the East Bay. We're, yeah, we're all now in though. the East Bay. Well, no, Susie Q's still in the South Bay, right? So, uh, she's still, and that's where all the Asians are. So it makes sense. It's not my town. I have like, it's 1% Asian, 99% white. Oh, what's your town? Los Gatos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there you go. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, and, and you live with a white guy too. Um, uh oh. You don't live with a white guy? No. Oh, I thought you lived, don't you have a, have you, did I miss something? Do you still have a boyfriend? Yes. Okay. But you don't live together? No. Oh, I missed that. Smart. Ah. Smart. <laughs> Is that because you're doing your own thing? You're out there doing your own thing. <laughs> He's doing him. No comment. I'm doing me. <laughs> you got to do you, Sus. Yeah. No comments oh, at all. I'd like to know the reasons. Oh, we'll get those later, I guess. Uh-oh. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, uh, and you could just nod. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> uh, have you not been asked to move in, or, or you don't want to be asked to move in? It's... You don't want to talk. It's about real quiet. It. You've over not there. been asked. You don't want to. Hmm. Um, <laughs> the best part is the. I'm the, glad we're getting to the bottom of this. The nod after the head shake. <laughs> it's like both. It's a continuous answer. Yeah, it's just both. yeah. I always forget your boyfriend's name. What's his name? Shane. I like Shane. I think Shane's I like a nice. Too. <laughs> <laughs> you do. But do you, you like, like him? You, like I, him. I like him in his apartment, and I like me in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and there, the twain shall meet. Is uh, is Shane in Los Gatos too? Yes. You're both in Los Gatos. Yes. You probably live right next door to. You probably in an apartment complex. You're two doors away from each other. Hands <laughs> with like a little piece of string tied to it. Yeah. Like, hey, Glory hole. You? All right. No. You're like nothing. Leave me alone. I'm trying not to talk to you right now. I'm busy. I'm busy on adult friend finder right now. <laughs> Leave me Ashley alone. Ashley Madison, dude. Leave it alone. <laughs> All right. Suze is in the chat room. Just hit the chat button on the homepage. You can also call 888-401-BEER, and we'll take your phone calls today all throughout the show. We'll try that out. We'll try that new uh, technology out. <laughs> we got the booth going, and see how that works. 888-401-BEER. We got a great show planned for you today. We're going to be talking about cask beer and how to uh, serve cask beer at home. Now, JP and I were yes. um, making out, hitting the old time, the old brain time machine. Mm-hmm. Which is like another way of saying trying to think back a long ways. Oh, I got you. Oh, then yes, we were. Uh, We have covered the cask topic a little bit way back when with um, Dave from Magnolia, you might remember. It might even have been in 2006, like our our second year. Um, And we talked about the differences in cask beer and, and how it might be served and things like that. But we didn't talk about doing it at home. And so today, we've got the founder and president of UK Brewing Supplies, Paul Pendick is going to be on, and he's been uh, importing UK cask equipment into the U.S. for years, and he's really a fantastic expert on the subject, and he's going to talk to us all about how we can serve cask beer at home. So we'll talk about the equipment needed and the types of beer, and we'll get into even a little bit about whether or not we should change some of our brewing techniques to serve beer on cask. So we're going to be talking about cask beer today, and uh, I'm excited about it because... It's hard to find good cask-served beer in the U.S., so it'd be nice to uh, that, that homebrewers can do it. Well, I think it's one of our last frontiers, too, our truly last, like, unbeaten-to-death topics, you know what I mean? Right. Where, we're, where we have no idea. Uh, we're going to learn. We're going to learn along with you at home. Right. You know? I feel like legal prostitution and yeah. cask beer are like the final frontiers for the United States. That's true. Um, you know, we've got a little bit in Nevada... Well, a little but, bit, but, you know, really, it's not really that good. Mm, I mean, I don't know. I've read uh, Yelp. 
I've read a lot of Yelps. <laughs> Can you Yelp? I'm going to Yelp. Can you Yelp the, um, Yelp, what's it called? What's Yelp that place called? the Bunny called? Ranch. The right? Bunny Why Ranch. Why not? Sure. Let's That's see. actually how I get my softcore porn fix. How awesome would it be if you can just read reviews of whorehouses on Yelp? <laughs> uh, let's see. Bunny Ranch. Oh, it already comes up. Wow. Well, yeah, it it comes, knows you. Oh. It, it's doing autocomplete for you. Uh, let's see. Uh, I should probably punch it. Where is the Bunny Ranch? Is it? It's in, I think it's in Henderson. Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure. address is 1,500. No, it's not even Henderson. It's some weird podunk city that's not even close to Vegas. Okay, Bunny Ranch, Henderson, Nevada. Right, that was a guess. Um, no, it's not coming up. Jaguars Gentleman Cabaret is coming up, though, no. and that's got uh, three and a half stars. Um, oh, however, 2XS, which is the number oh. two and the letters XS, oh, God. that's in Las Vegas, four and a half stars with 1,676 reviews. Wow. And that's a brothel? I am, no, no, it's it's a dance club. It's oh. a strip club. Oh, okay. Uh, I am going to 2XS based on that. I didn't know, this is the first I'm discovering that you, I use Yelp for everything. But I've never used it for strip clubs. We're going to lose Justin for another week here. Why? Why doesn't Bunny Ranch come up? Maybe Yelp has deleted it, or maybe people are too embarrassed to proclaim that they've been there by making a review. Yeah, but sometimes it'll show up on Yelp even without reviews. Yeah, mm. I'm thinking Yelp had something to do with this. Oh. Susie, what do you know about this? Is the Bunny Ranch still open? I thought it shut down for a little bit. Huh? I thought it was still open. Maybe I have to put in Moonlight Bunny Ranch. Uh. Um, no, no, it doesn't help. What is interesting, though, is under 2XS is the Oyster Bar. <laughs> and uh, that's just, that's actually just a seafood restaurant. If you punch in Moonlight Bunny Ranch, Henderson, Nevada, the Oyster Bar comes up. And it's got great reviews. I got uh, it right here. Also, four and a half stars out of 409 reviews. So Maybe there's something about a fish smell that I connected guess. to two reviews. I don't know. I don't know. but um, I found it on Yelp. There's only four reviews. You found what? Moonlight Bunny, Bunny Ranch. Ranch. Did you not put in a location? Um, I just actually just Google search Moonlight Bunny Ranch reviews, and, and it comes first, in on the up. Yeah, the it first comes thing up is Carson. City Read us Nevada. the reviews. Uh, one's a real long story. Okay. Outside, you can see the ranch, which looks new and updated. All right, you, that's enough. Yeah. Skip ahead to the other stuff. Just do a um, quick browse with your eyes. Anything good in there? The bar, before we checked... Uh, I chose the Puerto Rican one. Before we left, we checked out their souvenir store, and I picked me up two shirts. What do you... Get, really? Are you going to wear that shirt? I mean... Probably. Who, who wears a, serv- a souvenir from the Moonlight Bunny? Family reunion. The madam... Well, Weddings. The madam for that shift was cool and was asking us to come back soon. Of course she was. Yeah, well, you fucking hick. I couldn't believe it. She asked me to come back soon. I spent money. <laughs> they love me. Ooh, this guy, uh, Christopher. What's he had to say? From Concord, Mass. Yeah. Three stars. Oh. Out of five. He could take it or leave it. Out of it. five. He's like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> she was a little hefty. All right, I got to do other stuff, do but uh, we might have to do a Moonlight Bunny Ranch segment where we just... Maybe we should do fake reviews and real reviews. You have to guess which is the real review. <laughs> we need to tie it in somehow with uh, Moonlight Meadery our, yeah. and our buddy Michael. <laughs> Good call. Great selection, but a bit pricey. Was it produce? Great selection. I chose the Farmer's or- Market. What's I chose the organic broad. All right. Wow. Yeah, that's real boring. <laughs> I got a, a couple of uh, announcements to get through real quick. I asked how much to shave her legs. <laughs> uh, 
An announcement that I'm excited about and proud to talk about is that the Brewing Network has its first homebrewing kit in the store. It's yes. in the store right now, and it's our very first Hop Grenade IPA kit. And um, our good friend Nathan Smith and Tasty worked real hard on it. We all uh, looked over the recipe. Of course, we let our hop guys just kind of run with it. And Nathan brewed the kit himself, of course, just to make sure everything's good. And uh, after a couple of brews, in fact, I think we talked about this on one of the shows, um, got it dialed in. And so we've got our first ever homebrew kit, and you can buy it. It's a fully branded Brewing Network box, and you can get it in the store right now. Um, and it's our Hop Grenade IPA. How would you describe the the beer, Nathan? It'd be about a 6% beer when finished, uh, like featuring that. a couple of new hop varieties. Apollo is one of them. And... Uh, I think it's a nice drinkable IPA, a little bit lower on bitterness than than maybe people might expect for a, a you know hop forward, hop aggressive IPA. But that's you know over our years of discussing the style, I think that's kind of something we can all agree on is something that we like. Yeah, a little bit dialed down in, in bitterness and not too harsh or astringent. So. More hop flavor than exactly. hop bitterness. Focused yeah. on hop flavor and aroma. More of a balance I like that it's 6%. Of course, it's an extract kit, and we've used uh, mostly liquid extract and a little DME to round it out right? just to get that 6% up there. Um, yeah, and I think it's a beer that, it, you know, even though it is extract, it's so hop-driven, I don't think that the extract side of it would detract from the beer much or even at all. I mean, it, we as a very skilled brewer, somebody could approach that and make a killer IPA, it probably would fool people that it's an extract beer. Beautiful. I know it did when I brewed it. People were yeah. a little bit surprised that it was extract. And it was kind of cool to challenge my assumptions and brew an IPA that was not all grain-based and still really enjoy the hop flavor and aroma. You can you know, approach a beer from that perspective and get a lot out of it, I think. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nate just referred to himself as a very skilled brewer. Well... Which he, he is, is, but it was just funny. I've never heard him say Roundabout that. Roundabout way. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, you can get the kit right now in the BN store, and it is an awesome kit. Now, I know I've seen the questions already from some of the posts. You know, why is it only extract and not all grain? And um, it's kind of a complicated process. The reason it's taken us this long to get a kit out there is that we wanted it to be available everywhere. Um, and so you're going to find this on the shelves of your local homebrew shops eventually. Uh, right now in our store, people are going to be able to get it on Amazon. It's going to be all over the place. We wanted something uh, easily accept, accessible and shippable. So we will work on some all-grain kits in the future. I don't know when it's going to happen. We're working with a great company uh, called Boxcraft Beer, and I really like the guys. In fact, the founder of it helped us with our BYOB TV show. He he founded that with us and was one of the creators. So he's really into beer and into home brewing, and he came up with this idea and, and is getting it going. So uh, buy Hop Grenade IPA right now and get them while they're hot and fresh, and then we'll be coming out with more recipes and kits as we go, and then we'll also uh, eventually get into the all-grain kits for you guys, too, so you can just buy it and be ready to brew. But it's in the Brewing Network store right now, so grab it. Um, also, we got new glassware and merchandise in the store. It's all over the place. I got some new shirts I got to get on um, on order. Ooh. And um, But uh, right now, you can get the hop grenade goblets that people have been wanting there and oh, there. Oh, yeah. Those are going like crazy, too. And a bunch of cool stuff. So check out the store. You can get the forum on mobile devices right now. Shop on Amazon through the Brewing Network. Do all your regular Amazon shopping, but click the link on the Brewing Network homepage, and we get a little cut of that. It really helps a lot, and a bunch of you have been doing that, and we appreciate it. The same goes with Micromatic. If you click the Micromatic, banner on our homepage. It's right next to the player uh, where you press play to listen. Uh, you can find the Micromatic link there. And all your kegging equipment um, that you find, in fact, maybe some of the, the cask equipment that we talk about today, um, or different things, just click on the Micromatic thing and we get a little cut of that too. 
Uh, iPhone and Android apps are up and running, and they're in the store, and they're free. Just go to iTunes and search BN Mobile or the Android Marketplace and uh, or Market or whatever. I think it's called Google Play Store now. Play Store now, yeah. All right, well, just search BN Mobile at either one. You'll find it, and it's free. Watch all this on justin.tv slash brewing network. Subscribe and join the BN Army. It puts you into the running for the More Beer Monthly donation, which we do every single month, and somebody wins 100 bucks. You get an email from us and a $100 gift certificate for More Beer, um, as low as $2 a month. Plus, that puts you on the BN Army mailing list, which we've started giving a heads up to everybody before tickets go on sale, merchandise goes out, all of that stuff. Anything that's going to be rare or limited at the BN, if you're a recurring donor in the BN Army, you get the first notice of that by becoming a recurring donor. Just hit the, the donate button uh, subscription for two bucks or more. The more you donate, uh, the more times your name is entered into the BN raffle. Uh, all these updates and more over on Twitter and Facebook. Send your show ideas to Scott the Jew over at scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. What's up, T-Bone? How you doing, man? Terrence the Black is in the studio. He's come by to say hey. Yeah, I'm about to uh, head over to Creek Monkey. Just wanted to stop by and see. Hi. Yeah, are you got you got people over there? Or you just don't want to hang out Person. here. Person, my uh, peeps. Both. Is both. Yeah, just got I have people over there and don't really want to hang out with you guys. What? <laughs> is That's it, racist. Is it somebody you met on uh, Ashley Madison that you're going to meet over at uh, Creek Mart? <laughs> is that what you're doing? No, it's not. It's actually one of my buddies from school. White or black? Have you met me? Of course, he's white. <laughs> <laughs> right. Black people don't like him. Or Terrence. <laughs> Uh, my nephew is in town this weekend, and Terrence came over to pick up the More Beer 1550, the the Brewing Network More Beer 1550. Uh. Yeah, we're going to let T-Bone brew on it a little bit. We figured it was kind of not in use right now, so he's going to brew on that and come and report back how the brewing's going. You yeah. know, Got to hook a new guy up, you know, let him That's let true. him play around. Terrence is really into the brewing right now, so I wanted to keep him excited. So we got him the system. <clears throat> anyway, my, my little you know five-year-old nephew's over, and Terrence came over to pick this stuff up. Is the first black guy my nephew's ever seen. What? Well, he's out in the desert there. He's out mm. in, in, in Lake Havasu, Arizona. And um, you don't see black guys there unless yeah. you're in jail. And uh, it's a, you know. You he know, came running after you saying, there's a guy stealing stuff out of your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, apparently, my uh, my little nephew's the only non-racist in the family. It didn't even phase him. He shook a, he shook a brother's hand and turned around and walked away. Didn't He didn't even flinch, right, Terrence? No, he was a cool kid. He acted like he was, like, used to us or something. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, I, yeah. and I know that he's never seen you before. Well, what you didn't see is he went right into your stash of Purell and just... <laughs> No, he never asked me. He never said what was wrong with that guy. He never. He's nothing. in the sun too long. Yeah, and what do I? What would I tell him anyway? Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but apparently, we've got one non-racist in the family, in the Crosley family. So that's kind of good. Anyway, there's hope for the future. Yeah. All right, uh, for a limited time only, if you go to adamandeve.com, you'll get three free adult DVDs with your order. You know, you can pick from genres such as uh, anal. I think Terrence should read this. Or, uh, Terrence, you want to do the Adam and Eve read for us? Uh, just uh, have a little fun with it. You yeah. know? Just uh, pick a couple of copies. Make sure you read all the genres, though. Start with yeah. that. Yeah. What what categories can you pick from, Terrence? Well, you can pick from um, anal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I like anal. It's anal. Uh, amateur. Yeah. Asian. Big breast. Big butts. Yeah. For all the brothers out there. <laughs> Bisexual. Chunky. Right. Co-eds. Fetish. Okay. 
Somebody's nervous about that one. <laughs> well, you know, I it's, only, know. it's only a day after church. No, give I brother, I give brother a break. You don't want to say anything too funny and be offensive, so gay. This is matter of fact. Interactive or a point of view, lesbian, milfs, etc. Yeah. And now you can shop on your mobile phone at adamandeve.com. All right, how do you get all this stuff? I think that one's wrong anyway. Use coupon code BNARMY. <laughs> but yeah. what do you, you get three free DVDs. What else? Uh, you get three free DVDs and I think a gift that um, you can't mention on the air. Yeah. I always hear on the commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shipping. Free shipping. Free shipping. And, and your choice of all those categories. And 50% off one right. item. Yes. So if you order the really expensive double-sided black dildo, mm-hmm. you can get 50% off that item. Or that sex chair that you're going to get for the uh, studio. For the, uh, yeah. for the booth. Yeah. Yeah, 50% off that. Go to adamneve.com right now. Use coupon code BNARMY and you get all that good stuff. And also, it helps uh, support us because they've been a long time sponsored by Oh, now. yeah. I, you guys must be out there buying stuff, and I like that. Yeah, they're not. Uh, and, you know, their offer has been a limited time offer this whole time. Right. I wonder how long of a period of time that is. It's what? limited until they pull all their advertising, yeah. I think. Maybe we need to figure that out. Maybe we've been offering all this stuff. <laughs> right. You know, I wonder if, like, there's some white girl in the Midwest somewhere who, who is only, her only black experience has been... In with a double-sided black dildo, right? Goes away to college, meets a black guy, and just totally, you know, thinks that it's it should be a double-headed no. wiener. You know, he's <laughs> like, how come it doesn't come out the other side? Yeah, like what's going on? Right. Yeah, you know what? Those are the things I think about. I like the way you think. Right, thank you. All right. <sighs> we got to take a break right now. When we come back, uh, we'll get into our topic for today. We're going to talk to Paul Pendick. He's the founder and president of UK Brewing Supplies. We're going to talk about cask beer. We'll do feedback a little later in the program. Plus, we got some beer news for you. Triple eight four zero one beer. If you have questions, or just hit the chat button in on the homepage. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. 
John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines, so I'm the professional. <clears throat> Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like pub discounts that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and eZymergy. For tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love. And access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join right now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. The session. Brewing up our next batch of radio 
right, welcome back to the program, and thanks for sticking with us. We got a lot to do today, and we're talking about cask beer, and we got our guest on the line right now, Paul Pendick from UK Brewing Supplies. Paul, you with us? I'm with you. It's Pendyke, actually, but that's okay. Most people get it wrong. Yeah, I'm here. Ah, don't worry. I will fire my producer after the show for giving me the wrong pronunciation, and we'll get it right next time, Paul. No sweat. Yeah. He doesn't doesn't like his job anyway, so we'll just get rid of him. (laughs) It's a win-win. It is a (laughs) win-win. He wins, we win. (laughs) Thanks for being on the program, Paul. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Now you're uh, you're actually not speaking to us uh, from the UK right now. You're on the East Coast. Where are you at? In Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Okay. How long have you been living there? Since 1981. I see. And have you been uh, bringing UK brewing supplies to the US since then? No, I started that about 15 years ago. Okay. What what were you doing then? What'd you come here for originally? Uh, when I originally moved over here, the intention was to stay for about four years. I was actually in uh, data processing. I was a programmer, um, but circumstances changed and ended up staying over here for obviously 30-odd years now. Got it. But when I started UK Brewing Supplies, I was actually in retail. Um, I had a couple of uh, CD stores, and um, but then it just kind of morphed into, I know it sounds weird, but I started selling home brewing supplies. And then it just kind of developed into the UK brewing side of things. Got it. Were you a home brewer in the UK before you moved here? Uh, not in the UK. There's plenty of good beer over there. You know, f- um, 20 years ago, uh, it was hard to get good beer in the States. And that's when I really got into home brewing. Okay. Uh, it was in America. Got it. Yeah, and we hear a lot of that, you know, U.S. Uh, home brewers too. A lot of guys that were in the military and things like that, that or who did traveling over in, in Europe, came back and discovered they couldn't buy any of that good beer. So, sounds like the same thing. So, you started doing homebrew supplies, um, and uh, w- did you have a, a, a homebrew shop for that, or was that out of your house? No, I used to actually sell that um, in the CD store. I know it's a weird combination, but I've, I've heard of weirder, but uh, <laughs> right, that's yeah. when I started selling that, actually. I started homebrew myself and then got into selling the homebrew supplies um, and then really just kind of developed into getting into specifically Cascale supplies and then actually really selling that more to, to businesses as opposed to homebrewers. Okay, so more on the wholesale side for the cask equipment. Yeah, breweries, beer bars, you know, brew pubs primarily. But, of course, you know, there are home brewers that I sell to as well. Okay. And so as a brewer, as a home brewer, um, and then certainly it sounds like your business is, but as a home brewer, have you always been focused on cask ale, just wanting to get that that fresh cask beer out here in the U.S.? Yeah, really. Um I mean, I don't home brew any longer. I mean, um, it's a good choice. I think one of the main reasons that I don't is that there's great beer in America now, you know. So my need um, is kind of being met in a in a simpler form. Although I still, um, you know, do miss it sometimes. There's nothing like brewing your own batch of beer um, when it turns out really great. But yeah, I really focused on Cascale. But you know, really, you know, home brewers that are either bottle conditioning or, or, you know, kegging the beer in a Cornelius or whatever. I mean, they're really doing cask ale anyway. They're just not really doing it in a cask, you know, unless they're forced carbonating. But if they're using the continuing fermentation to create the carbonation, I mean, that is cask conditioned, really, you know. 
the reason that I wanted to get into actually using casks for myself, for my own home brewing, was that I always had a problem in getting the Cornelius to seal. You know, that yeah. round, big O-ring. Yeah, It was sure. always hard to get it a good seal. So sometimes, you know, the fermentation would continue in the Cornelius, but then it would just be lost through the poor seal. So that's really why I wanted to get into... Um, you know, utilizing the cask, and then also just the traditional aspect of it as well. Okay. So w- let, let's do this then, just to get us started, so that we can talk about the different pieces of equipment, and, and certainly mm-hmm. the cask. What What is cask beer? What is cask-conditioned ale, by, by definition? Can you give us something there? Well, first off, I'll tell you what it isn't. Okay. And I noticed on your promo to this show, you referred to it as being flat and served at room temperature. <laughs> yeah. Not that, that was more shitty production. Right. That's just to get attention. Yeah, so he's definitely out, that guy. Um, <laughs> you know, um, it's definitely not flat. Yeah. I mean, the carbonation level is lower than a kegged beer. And because it's naturally carbonated, the bubbles tend to be smaller, so it's a much smoother carbonation. Yeah. Um, it's closer, really, to, you know, nitro beer. Um, in fact, nitro was developed to mimic cask ale, you know, that smoothness that you get from, you know, a nitro Guinness or any beer that's served on, on uh, nitrogen. Yeah. So it's a, it's a lower carbonation. It's naturally carbonated. And the serving temperature is cellar temperature, which is, you know, usually around 54 degrees. I mean, Cask Mark, which is an organization in the UK, and in fact, we just started rolling it out in the, in the US, their guidelines is that the temperature, temperature should be between 50 and 57. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the thing to think of is this, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, before there was filtration, pasteurization, forced carbonation, all that stuff, you know, temperature control, I mean, it was basically, you know, the beer was carbonated by the continuing fermentation and it was kept in the cellar, so the temperature of it was cellar temperature. So that that's, you know, a misconception that some people have that it's going to be flat and warm. Sure. Uh, it shouldn't be. It should not be flat and it should not be warm. You but what cask ale is, is basically beer where it's still alive. So the yeast is still active, the yeast is still in the beer, and... As we know, fermentation creates two things, alcohol <coughs> excuse me, and, car- and carbonation. So by the, c- the fermentation continuing, uh, the carbonation that is created in the serving vessel, the cask, um, it, that's what creates the condition of the beer. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you... Br- this is why I wanted to start with the definition, too, because uh, I'm glad you bring up that, that it actually is carbonated and that it actually is cold. I mean, there's nothing warm about 55 degrees. Uh, right. Ask anybody who lives in California. If it gets below <laughs> 70, we turn on the heat yeah. in the house. Right. Uh, Give me a blanket. And now, but I, but I will say that I, I can understand where the misconception comes from. But it, this is not unique to cask beer. It's unique to all beer. There are establishments that that serve beer in a less than ideal way, which is a nice way of saying Mm -hmm. in a shitty way, right? Right. Uh, And so I've had some, and in fact, I had had it in the UK the first time I went. I had some pretty bad cask beer, and it was rather sour, somewhat warm, and somewhat flat. Um, 
But the last time I went, and listeners have heard me rave about this, the last time I went, I actually had a, a local uh, person, uh, uh, he wasn't from London, but lived in England and took me around London and took me to good beer bars, and it was some of the best beer I ever had. And it was it was not flat at all, and it was not warm at all, and it was wonderful beer. I loved yeah. it. I, I loved hear, every drop of it. I hear there's a, a real big resurgence of real ales and, and, and primarily cask. And people caring about the way that it's served, yes. I think. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, anyhow, uh, uh, go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, you know, Cast Mark is an. I'm sure most people have heard of Camera, which is the campaign for real ale, which was formed in I don't know 71, I think it was, or something like that. But their objective was at that time, a lot of the major breweries were um, really getting into keg beer, and also uh, even to the extent that you know, there's a there was a company in England called Grundy. They made these tanks. In fact, a lot of people have used them nowadays and modified them to make small breweries out of them. Yeah. But those Grundy tanks would be in the cellar of the pub and they would actually deliver the beer in tankers and then just run a hose like you get, you know, oil filled up in your home <laughs> and they right. fill the tank. Right. Um, so the camera was formed camera was formed to fight that, you know, to keep real ale alive. Um Cask Mark was formed, I'm not sure, 10 years, 12 years ago now. And their objective, it was formed by an, um, a number of um, brewers or people involved in the brewing industry because they felt exactly as, as, as you commented that there were places, even in England, that were not doing a good job. So Castmark do a, an accreditation system where a pub is accredited as serving Cascale in the correct condition. Hmm. And I think, you know, with Caskmark, coupled with the fact is that, you know, there's a great growth in microbreweries uh, in the UK as there is in the States. And, you know, the, the, there's pubs are having a tough time in England right now, and there's a lot of pubs closing. But what tends to be happening, I think, and this isn't always the case, but a lot of the pubs that are closing are the ones that weren't particularly doing a good job anyway. Mm. And it seems that success in the pub market in the UK is either beer-driven or food-driven. So, you know, the places that are doing good beer, good cascale, really looking after it, having an interesting selection and maybe a rotating selection, Cider and Perry right now over there is... Um, really seem to do well as, uh, as 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 well, you know, from a cask standpoint. So, yeah, it's great. There is definitely a resurgence. I was just over, just got back a couple of weeks ago and had some great beer over there. It's good to see. Uh, you know, I, I think our, our own Cicerone program, I think you know Ray, Paul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our own Cicerone program, I think, is 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 getting there as as a certification program. Right now, obviously, it focuses on, on the servers and, and being certified, but what you really could do is like like looking at a uh, a pub in England that's certified by camera um, or another organization, knowing that you can go there and they they should know how to serve beer. The same thing here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You should be able to look. I, I would hope that more more breweries and brew pubs and bars will put a Cicerone badge on their website, so I can go look and go. Okay, at least one person there knows how to clean beer lines. <laughs> you know, or knows how to serve yeah, the yeah, beer. Yeah, and it's important. Yeah. It's a problem too. So, you know, and also, you know, I'm also a partner in a pub, and um, in Littitz, Pennsylvania, and we have two cascales on 14 taps, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But everybody that works there has to pass the cicerone. Mm. 
Yeah, I like that. I like it. I think it's important, and uh, and it's great to see other certification programs just coming out here in the U.S. for the same reason. Because if the if the craft beer and the pub industry is going to grow here, then I think the standards should should grow with it. So I like to see that. Okay, so you you mentioned um, that you are having trouble with the Cornelius kegs, which most of that's what us home brewers use, and having right. it keep the gas if you were cask conditioning. And you say that you moved to a cask. Well, what what is a cask? What's the difference? Cask is really a barrel, um, you know, not made out. I mean, you can still get them made out of wood, but uh, most of the time they're stainless steel. We are seeing some plastic ones now. Mm-hmm. But it's basically mm-hmm. a barrel um, that, un- unlike a keg that has uh, like a Sankey fitting, basically this has two holes in it. If the barrel was laying horizontally, which is how they're traditionally dispensed, on the top is a, a hole about two inches in diameter. That's called the shive uh, hole. And on the other on the end of the cask is the keystone, and that's where you knock the tap in. So it's basically a vessel that has two holes in it that's sealed up with, with bungs. And they come in a variety of sizes. I mean, the most common one today, and everybody's heard of this, is the Firkin, which is nine imperial gallons, 10.8 US. Yep. But there's one half that size that is a pin, um, you know, 4.5, 5.4, and double that size is a kilderkin, then twice that's a barrel, and you get into a hogshead at 54. Okay. Uh, but most of the time, people are using uh, firkins nowadays. And these vessels, which have, like you, you mentioned, a bung, you know, to, to place in the hole, these will hold enough pressure to do cask conditioning? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we I do have situations where... You know, people are blowing the you know, the, the keystone is the one that usually blows out the smaller one, yeah. uh, but not always. But you know, where that will be the case, and basically it's through overcarbonation. What one of the things that in the UK brewers in the UK really, I'm going to say never, and I can't really justify that, but yeah. they generally do not use any form of priming. Okay, the fermentation. Is is stopped? Maybe you know worked in specific gravity with one or two points of specific gravity left, and then you know it would go into a conditioning tank where it stays for maybe three or four days to help the yeast drop out, and then it would be put into the firkin. So the carbonation is just by the continuing fermentation of the residual sugars that are already there. What tends to happen, I think, in in the States, and this is getting better um, as time goes on and brewers are becoming more well-versed with handling casks, but I think there's the the concern of, you know, we don't want it to be flat. So, therefore, you know, a lot of priming sugar or other, you know, words is, is added. And hence, you know, you get a really lively batch of beer that, you know, if the pressure builds so much, it will blow a bung out. The problem with that and any bar owner out there that handles cask is that when you get a really lively batch of beer and you vent it to let off the excess gas, I mean you know, I did a cask festival once in a room where the ceiling height was about 16 feet and this was on a regular table about three foot high and when it was vented with a soft spile, I was with Alex Hall actually 
venture with a soft spile, the spray hit the ceiling. Well, you know, that's obviously way, way, way too lively. And the difficulty is it's also one, it's going to take a long time to vent it. And all that carbonation, it makes it more difficult for the beer to drop bright. It tends to hold the yeast up in suspension. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I notice a big difference, you know, between if I get a cast that's actually come over from the UK or there's an American brewer and that's been doing it and really knows what the, the, they're doing and, and um, you know, they've, they've tested it enough times that they know okay i don't need priming or if i do i'm only going to put this in or what have you it's so much easier to handle from the landlord standpoint uh it drops bright quicker you know you're not getting a mess all over the place so um you know that's you know that's one of the issues with the overcarbonation. sure hmm. well from the home brewing side and now, uh, I have a lot of co-hosts in here, by the way, uh, Paul, so you'll hear different voices. But one of our guys, Tasty, is here with us. And we've been talking about consistency in, in homebrewing for a long time. And it sounds like uh, to do good cask beer at home, Tasty, you know, you, you're going to have to be able to stop the fermentation a couple points before it's done right. and, and transfer it to a cask. And we'll talk to Paul about what how we might be able to get a cask like this. But consistency would be key here for a homebrewer because right. if, if you think it's only a couple points away, but it's actually going to drop an additional five or six points, right. you're going to have one of these gushy beers that he's talking about. Exactly. If you don't know your, what your finishing gravity is going to be, you don't know what two points before that is. So, so we're going to have to be pretty familiar with the beer that we're Again. brewing, I think, to turn it into a cask ale. Yeah, to be consistent. If you know or, it's going to finish at 10-12, then you can you know, stop. You could cap it at 10-15 or whatever. Sure. Or I guess the alternative then would be to let it finish all the way and then add back priming sugar. Priming sugar. However, Paul's just saying that's not really the traditional thing. You'd, you'd, you'd finish it a couple points I above. think if I really went to make home cask ale, I'd, I'd do it the natural way. I think I'd, I'd avoid the uh, yeah. priming sugar. You'd try to stop it a mean, couple it, points, too. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, you're most probably going to end up with a very, very similar result. But, um, you know, the way that I used to do it, I had, I mean, I used to brew, you know, 12-gallon batches, really, basically enough to fill a firkin. Mm. And then I had um, an extension on a refrigerator that I could, could control the fermentation temperature. So then after it would, I mean, typically I was using open fermentation and top cropping yeast. I mean, at one point, I think I had about a dozen or more different British yeast strains on Petri dishes um, and, you know, would try and match them with the, the, the beers that I was trying to replicate. That's great. Uh, but I could control the temperature. So, you know, it did ferment at, say, around 68. Normally, fermentation would take about two or three days at the most, you know, and I was mainly brewing most of the time ordinary bitters or even mild where the start and gravity would be, you know, as low as 1033, 1034, mm. um, you know, or an ordinary bitter 1038 or a best bitter 1042. So I would I would normally work it on, okay, it's going to ferment down to about 25% of that. So, you know, 1040 down to about 1010. So at about 1012, you know, 1011, I'd crank the temperature down uh, just to really slow it up. Um, but I never found a situation where I would have one that it was flat. Okay. Uh, I really didn't. There always seemed to be enough residual sugars in there just to keep it, you know, chugging away. Sure. Okay. One question. Would you ever add additional yeast at that point to help carbonate? No. The, no. So it's just completely no. natural, nothing extra added. Got it. 
Yeah, no. I mean, I would strip the yeast, you know, when the fermentation was over, before I dropped the temperature, I'd strip the yeast off the top and then use that for the next batch. Right, you know, top cropping, like you were saying earlier. But still, just just by top cropping, right? But, but still, yeah. plenty of yeast left in solution, ever always to to give you some carbonation. Right. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Now, so now that you've explained to me what a cask is, and I've seen one, and we've all, like you said, we've all seen the firkin uh, before. Mm. And can I get these as a home brewer, though? I mean, oh we, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what just, I was always... Just uh, buy them from me. <laughs> right, you got to go to UK Brewing Supplies. <laughs> I, my motto is, if you have the money, I don't care whether you're a home brewer or a brewer or what, it doesn't matter, you know, I mean, anybody yeah. uh, that, you know, wants to purchase something and uh, that's interested in doing it. I mean, a lot of my job, and this maybe has diminished a little bit over the years, but maybe not because it's becoming so much more popular, is actually helping people get rolling. You know, really what we're doing now, you know, I was talking to my wife about doing this show and I said, you know, I have this conversation and answer these questions practically every day of the week. Right. So, um, yeah, anybody that wants to get into it. There's also, I also sell a book that's put out by the Campaign for Real Ale. Yep. And it, again, it's on my website um, and it's called The Camera Guide to Salamanship. And that's an excellent book. It's not about brewing real ale, uh, because any any beer that you brew, you know, you can cast condition it. it you know, it doesn't have to be a British bitter. Okay. Um, you know, I, I mean, if you think about it, years ago, all beers were cast conditioned. There was no other way to carbonate them. Sure. Um, True. So, but this is about how to handle it, you know, the venting of it, the tapping of it, you know, all that stuff. And that's a great, if someone's thinking of getting into it, um, I always suggest that that's the best first step is to get that book. It's not that lengthy, um, but it covers the, the subject very, very well. And it'll give you an idea kind of what you're getting into, you know. Okay. And by the way, the website is uh, ukbrewing.com. Uh, I think I have, I have that right. You can go to ukbrewing.com and check it out right now. And if you've got questions, just hit the chat chat now button or call triple eight four zero one beer and we'll do that let's do this paul i gotta take a quick break and when we come back let's go through the equipment needed to serve proper uh cast beer if we can sure sounds great okay let's do that we're gonna take a quick break and take care of some sponsors we're talking to paul pendyke he's the founder and president of uk brewing supplies and we're talking all about cast beer hit the chat button on the home page to ask questions Susie's in there or call triple eight four oh one beer we'll be right back with more from paul Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Have you? 
you ever dreamed of taking a beer tour through Belgium or Germany, but weren't sure how to even start? Or were afraid of missing the best places and events? Or maybe you just wish you had a local insider to take you around? Well, there's only one American tour company featured in the Good Beer Guide to Belgium. Belgian Beer Me, your personal beer tour guide of Belgium and Germany, is ready to go at BelgianBeerMe.com and at BambergBeerMe.com. Founder Stu Stewart personally leads eight tours a year to Belgium and Germany, visiting the finest breweries, beer cafes, abbeys, and festivals, stocking stuffers, birthday presents, and the best honeymoon ever. Couples or individuals love Belgian Beer Me beer tours. Your life is now. Sign up for a beer tour today at Belgian Beer Me or BambergBeerMe.com because all that beer is not going to drink itself. Like both Belgian Beer Me and Bamberg Beer Me on Facebook to follow current and upcoming tours. Seven short minutes off California State Route 101. There lies a secret oasis for all craft beer lovers. It's relax, grilling and chilling, bro! Relax, grilling and chilling in Hollister, California is a craft beer lover's dream come true. Not like a creepy JP dream. Like a normal craft beer lover's dream. 30 taps pouring your favorite craft beer. Visit Relax Grilling and Chilling on Facebook to see the most up-to-date beers and what's on the grill. Let us grill so you can chill. Angus burgers, filet mignon and ribeye steaks, dogs and sandwiches and more. Great food, great beer in a place where you can kick back and relax. Tuesdays are brewery nights. Come in to celebrate and you're not limited to enjoying your favorite brew at the restaurant. Relax Grilling and Chillin' has beer to go. Relax Grilling and Chillin'. Let them grill so you can chill. And now, Northern Brewer presents What If Homebrewers Ruled the World? Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I will lead you into the gallery area. Now, the first piece up for sale today is a Jamil Zena Chef original, a bottle of 1997 vintage Evil Twin. Oh, I see. A bidding for this one-of-a-kind piece will start at £7,000. And if you'll continue to follow me, ladies and gentlemen, I can sell you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area brewer Justin Crossley. It's a German Doppelbach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer had excellent mouth food. Capital, capital. That's just a crazy dream, or is it? With Northern Brewer, a thirsty nation can craft its own ale and water for the greater good of mankind. Northern Brewer, the home of $7.99, Brew Saver Shipping, superior customer service, and the finest selection of home brewing goods for the future. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. This is Jamel Zanisha, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. 
more brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is awesome. No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. What's funny is brewers just say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. Sports beer. beer. <laughs> you know? The, yeah. the home of live beer radio. Thebrewingnetwork.com. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Thanks for sticking with us. It's the Brewing Network. It's the session right now, and we're talking to Paul Pendyke. He's the founder of UK Brewing Supplies, talking to us all about cask ale. And just before the break, we started to get into equipment, and that's what I wanted to do here is talk about how we can do this at home. So we already kind of said, Paul, that yes, we can buy an actual cask, and you can do that, of course, from UK Brewing Supplies. And how cost prohibitive is it? Is it a very expensive thing? Well, casks are, you know, firkins and pins are actually the same price. They're about 165 They're British-made stainless steel. Uh, the plastic firkins are 99 bucks. no plastic pins. And then I just got some refurbished casks that are actually a little bigger than a firkin. Um, they're actually 12 U.S. gallons, about 10 point, uh, whereas a firkin's 10.8. And they're ninety nine dollars, so anywhere between a hundred bucks and one hundred and sixty five. Okay. I mean, most probably, if you're going to get into getting a beer engine, the cask, your bungs, taps, cask, all that stuff. I mean, you're most probably looking at around six hundred bucks, seven hundred bucks. So you got to love cask beer. You really got to love yeah. this style of ale, and I mean that. You know, you got to enjoy it. Otherwise, why yeah, spend that yeah, money? Yeah, you I know. mean, you know, it's I, I obviously look- it's an it's an investment. You know. I look at it more as a challenge. I see two challenges here. Is one we've already talked about making it. Yeah. And what Tasty said, you got to be consistent on what your beer is. You got to know where it's going to finish. Yeah. And the second thing is delivering it. Right. Which is where he comes in. Sure. It's, it's got the equipment to make it come out right. It's. I think it's three quarters on the delivery. Yeah. It's still a living product at that point too. Yeah. And you're dialing that in that side of it. It's changing, varying mm-hmm. a little bit, even as you're serving it. Well, this is an excellent... Now, Paul, that's Doc and Nate. They're here, uh, co-hosts as well. And and this is a great point. It, that the, the home brewers who get into it like you have, Doc, you know, when you brew German beer, you do it... You like the beer, but 
you really do it because the challenge is to yeah. is to replicate that German beer that you love to do it right. So to do this with the English beer and a, and a cask ale, it, you're right. The the serving part of it kind of rounds out the whole thing. You could you could brew the perfect beer, but if you're not serving it, right? And we've talked know. tonight about those pubs that just don't do it. Yeah. okay, sure. Man. And if you kind of um, you know. I've had a, a really nice English brown from you, Doc. But, you know, if you put that into a corny keg and you, and you force carbonate like we always do, yeah. it still tastes like an American version of it by mouthfeel, right? Because of the way the carbonation is and it's got the carbonic acid in that sense. And Because I'm American and I do it the way I want to do it. Yeah, and it's a wonderful beer, but if you wanted to do the traditional... You know, if you you could easily turn that English brown of yours that I've had into a wonderful uh, right. a cask ale, and, and Paul even talked about you said about how the um, the bubbles are of a different size. The mouth feel is different mm-hmm. from that. You know. Well, I think if I can just interject, as a, I'm not sure whether it was you, Doc, but you made a good point, uh, or somebody did, where they said that it's still alive and so it's still changing. Yeah. That was I mean, to yeah. me, that's the beauty about it, actually. It's like the, the the job of the brewer doesn't stop when it leaves a brewery. Like you continue Absolutely. to take care of it as a living product from that. That's point exactly forward, right? it. That's why the landlord is. That's what I say to people frequently: is that it's actually leaving the brewery before it's finished. Right. It's getting exactly. finished in the cellar of the pub mm-hmm. or wherever. And so, um, you know, it's an important job. Being a cellarman is a very, very important job. But Ray Daniels, years and years ago, wrote a paper on Cascale called The Perfect Pint. And his point was that, you know, throughout your life, and I can remember pints like this as well, you know, sometimes that you would just go into a pub and have a pint of Cascale and just everything will be right. You know, I mean, it would just be at that point that, you know, the day before it could have been excellent right. and the day after it could have been fantastic but that time it was just right there and um you know i can remember now as we're sitting here pints that i've had that i thought wow that that is the perfect one right. and there could be also uh, you know factors that have got nothing to do with the beer actually but they all add into the mystique but the important thing i think is the fact that it's changing i mean that's something that i like um, that each time that you drink it, you know, it might just be a little bit different. Sure. It sounds like you're talking about some of my old girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> some days they were just right. They're just perfect. <laughs> this could be the one. And <laughs> right. I thought the same thing, but when he was saying they're still alive, <laughs> oh. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. All right. What other equipment is needed? Because uh, we've only talked about casks here. So what else to serve? Yeah, so obviously you'll need the, you know, you'll need a cask. Um, I think you need an Englishman. Bungs, you know, the shive and the keystone bungs. You'll need hard and soft spiles. What they are, they're a peg, uh, wooden pegs. Uh, the soft spile is, uh, they're porous. They're made from bamboo. The hard spile is, um, I mean, there's still some porosity to it because it is still wood. Um, but they're made from lime wood. And they're basically used in the venting process. So, okay. They just go through the process quickly. Yeah. You know, I said that, you know, I'd drop it, I'd drop the temperature to get the yeast to drop out. Then basically what I would do would siphon it over to a cask, a firkin, or a pin, whatever. 
And then typically I, I would like to fill it to about a half to three quarters of an inch to the top. That's an important thing, actually, is how much headspace, you know, because obviously if there's more headspace, that CO2 that's generated has got to fill that headspace before it's going to be absorbed into the beer. So, you know, you don't want to leave a big headspace. Um, so then um, you would bu- I would bung it up and I'd let it just continue. I'd let it just uh, ideally at cellar temperature, ideally at that, you know, f- mid-50s, so that it can just keep conditioning and conditioning. It's always questionable how long to keep it in the cask. Generally, you know, the, the higher alcohol content of the beer, the longer it should be left in there and the better it is. Hmm. Actually. But with an ordinary bitter, you know, like a 1040, 1038 start and gravity, you know, a couple of weeks uh, would be fine. Um, two or three weeks would be really great. And then what you have to do is vent it. You have to let off the the excess gas. So to do that, you utilize the soft spile. And what I like to do is I like to, I actually vent it first with a hard spile, just because if it's really lively, the hard spile is going to prevent the shower and you'll still (laughs) see some, you know, frothing at the top of the spile. And I tap it at the same time. Now, that way, Paul, I can take a sample of the beer just, and I can look at it and I can swirl it around in the glass and see what the carbonation level is like and determine whether it needs more venting. And if it does, I would leave the soft spile in for longer and take another sample maybe 12 hours later. If it doesn't, if I think, hey, the condition of this looks great, but I'm not ready to put it on yet, I still haven't finished my existing one, then I could hard spile it again. Then I could seal it up again and just leave it and let it just continue to do its thing. So that's basically the process, the venting process and the tapping process. To dispense it, I mean, there's actually two ways of dispensing it. You can either dispense it by gravity, where you just open the tap and put a glass underneath, or the other way is with a traditional beer engine, a hand pump. Um, you know, there's advantages to both. I mean, gravity, I find you'll get a different flavor profile. There's no doubt about it. If you have the same beer and have it gravity versus through the hand pump, it will taste different. Mm. The hand pump, because there's more agitation going on, particularly if you have a sparkler on the end, and the sparkler is goes on the end of the nozzle, and it's basically a tip that has a lot of small holes in it. So as you pull it and it pushes the beer through it, it actually forces the CO2 out of suspension. And that's when you get that cascading look similar to when a pint of Guinness is poured. Okay. Now, you'll find that in the UK, and this has changed a little bit, but it still does exist. In the south of England, they tend to not like a head on their beer. Whereas if you go into the to the north, particularly into um, Yorkshire, is a good example. They like a real thick, creamy head. But what you tend to find is that the beers that are brewed um, up north tend to have the flavor profile that they can stand that forcing it mm. through the sparkler without it just wiping out, you know, any... Um, 
hot flavor is the thing that tends to happen. What happens when it goes to a sparkler? You tend to get less hop flavor and more hop aroma. It tends to get more into the head. Interesting. Do we know why I, I, that is? Well, just the agitation of it, I think. Okay. You know, I mean, it's it's knocking the CO2 out of suspension. It's coming into the head, and I think it's, you know, picking up, um, you know, some of the hop flavor, and it's, it's sticking it in the head. I mean, that's my speculation. Sure. You know, okay. But an interesting thing is I was just over in the U.K., and I was uh, doing a brewery tour for Black Sheep. Have you ever heard of this brewery? Yes. yes. Yorkshire. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever heard of Theakston's? Theakston's yes. Old Peculiar? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, there was a, the, the, they wanted to uh, be Scottish and Newcastle wanted to buy Theakston's. It was run by, I think, two or three brothers. It was formed. It was a family brew from the 1850s. One of the brothers didn't want to sell. He got forced into selling, and then he opened his own brewery called Black Sheep, Hmm. actually in the same town. And um, I uh, had a tour around there. I know the guys there. And they use, I didn't realize this, but they use a fermentation vessel that's called Yorkshire Stone, uh, sorry, Yorkshire Squares. The only two breweries that use them in existence now is Sam Smith's and and Black Sheep. Hmm. And that Hmm. is a real interesting fermentation vessel it's an open fermentation vessel but it's actually two levels and the beer gets pumped up during fermentation and then the yeast gets separated in in the level and then it drains back down but this continuing uh, agitation the yeast it actually requires that and it creates a um, um, more of an astringent uh, taste to the beer so it's interesting that you know that would be the case and then at the same time the Yorkshire beer seem to be uh, better served through a sparkler. Hmm. That is interesting. It's just so that astringent would, would take the place of the hops that get kind of blown out during the uh, sparkler operation. Yeah. Sounds right. like it. Okay. Plus, I think you're volatizing some of the hop oil when you're saying so, less hop flavor, more hop aroma. I think you're pushing some of that aroma out, perhaps, with yeah, the sparkler. Yeah, it's pretty volatile. That yeah. might be part of it. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's noticeable. I mean, even with a beer engine, if you take the sparkler off and uh, dispense a beer without the sparkler and put the sparkler on, will be a, 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 you know it'll be different. So is, be there, different. is there also that distinction by region about pouring through a hand pump versus straight from gravity, or is that more of just a personal preference of the of the pub or something like this? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, no, no. There's nothing to do with region. What you tend to find, um, you know, the pubs that pour through gravity. I mean, there's a real tiny pub in Oxford that I've been to. They don't have a cellar. They just have a room. And, you know, the the, the objective of the beer pump was obviously to get the beer up from the cellar. Right. But this one doesn't have a cellar, so they just, you know, use some um, a cooling system, and then they just pour them all by gravity. And, you know, there's still some pubs that there is a cellar, but they just go down there and they fill up a jug and come up and fill it up that way, you know. So I think it's kind of more out of necessity. Yeah. Um, it's, right. it's it's a good point to to note that the beer engine didn't come about because we wanted some fancy handle at the right. bar. It was really just technology. That stuff was in a different room too, it's and you t- had yeah. to get it over there somehow. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So yeah, it wasn't it, was it wasn't even designed sour. to improve the beer. It was designed to improve the the, the quick del- service the del- of beer, the delivery. <laughs> right. yeah. Exactly. You know, it was designed to improve profits, if you will, because you could serve more beer quicker. Uh, so it's really just a technology, not necessarily there to serve the beer. But as a byproduct, 
I like that you have these different, that they actually will taste different. You have these different flavors that you could experiment with at home. I, I like the way he was talking about uh, the Cellar Master. Who, yeah. When it, he, the, the brewery's not finished with it. And right. It gets to the Cellar Master, and he's tasting it down there. And whether he said it's ready or not, which one's going to be served tonight. Right. And he, where's he? He's down in the cellar. Yeah. Where it's cold, where all the casks are. And he better know what he's doing. And he better exactly. know what, because he's the one finishing the beer. Yep. He, he's the secondary brewmaster. And U.S. craft brewers will tell you, wow, the ball's on that brewer to hand over his beer unfinished to somebody <laughs> yeah, else. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because that's a scary thing well, to you, do. Have you seen Michael Jackson's The Beer Hunt? Have you seen the the you know the, the TV series of that? Yes. I've only seen a few clips of them. There's a really cool one where the guy's doing the various spiles and whatnot. I remember that oh. one. That one's pretty cool. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's Mark Dorber at the yes. White Horse in Parsons Green. Okay. Um, you know, he was regarded as, um, you know, a, a well-known seller. And he was actually a lawyer and he kind of worked there. I don't know if he worked there part-time initially or what. He has his own pub now. But, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to mention. You know, he spoke about Cascale and venting it. With regard to the beer, so the beer engine, I mean, I have a, a cast set up and I have a beer engine. Um but another thing that's important, particularly for home brewers, is a cask breather. And, um, you know, if you're not going to drink the beer within three days, maybe four days max, mm. you know, and you're just going to allow the oxygen in, obviously it's going to go off. Yeah. So there's a piece of equipment that was developed called the cask breather. And whenever I get into this conversation, frequently we get into camera or against them. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I I think they're wrong, and more and more people use them because what's happening in England, more and more pubs have more variety of cask ale on, and uh, you can't go through it all in three days, you know, if right. you've got six or eight or whatever. Um, so you've really got to use cask breather. But what a cask breather is, it's really an on-demand valve. It's like if you've ever been scuba diving, it's like a scuba valve that basically it only opens when the pressure on the opposite side is reduced. So, in other words, when you suck in, that valve opens and lets the gas in. Uh, And when you stop, it stops. And it lets it in at atmospheric pressure. So it's not pushing the gas in. You know, if you're scuba right. diving and you breathe, it's just like you're breathing oxygen. You know, you're breathing the air. Got it. Uh, it's just like- that's what a cast breather does. So you hook it up to a CO2 tank. That's typically set between 5 and 10 PSI works. The cask breather goes onto the top of the cask through the shive bung. Mm-hmm. And then as you pull a pint or dispense a pint by gravity, it will allow like a blanket of CO2 mm-hmm. to go on top of the beer and extend the beer. Yeah, it only lets like one PSI in or something. Like, I actually have it's one. Not- it's no psi it's atmospheric pressure ah, just like okay. uh, right it's just yeah. just a, if there's no pressure because one of the things that people really have to be aware of is obviously if you put pressure on you can increase the carbonation of the beer but also if you put too much pressure on and you have it hooked up to a beer engine it will actually push the beer out of the keg and right through the beer engine you'll just end up with all the all your beer on the floor mm, right well, there's no, there is another piece of equipment that you can put on to stop that called a check valve, but you really don't need it if you use a, use a cast breather. 
this is a no-brainer to me. And I've heard this uh, complaint about camera uh, mm-hmm. that you know people have respect for camera, but it's they're they're not. It's not just to so that people can find the perfect pint. It's per, it's protecting ultra, a tradition. Ultra purists about the tradition, yeah. right? And yeah. so, in order to protect the tradition, you might uh, exclude things like this breather. But the breather's a no-brainer to me because you're just oh, pulling in oxygen otherwise. And if it's yeah. like you're saying, and I've never heard it described to me this way, uh, or at least not sober because I didn't remember um, that it's <laughs> only at atmospheric pressure. So it's not adding anything except that the air that's got to replace the beer you're taking out is CO2 instead of oxygen. Yeah, it's just protection. Yeah. It's in a no fact, brainer. Brew Lab up in Sunderland did like a blind taste test of a beer that was on a cast breather yeah. and one that wasn't, and they, there was no discernible discernible difference. Of course not. Um, yeah. I think the reason that camera are against it, and I, I think we may see them change it. I think, you know, years ago, what their fear was was that the Salomon ship wouldn't be as attentive Mm. to the beer. But you see, what's happening now is that the pubs that are, you know, I think having put more variety of cascales on, they're really into it. You know, their objective is to have this cascale, you know, fantastic um, condition. And they're really concerned about it. But I think they need that tool to be able to to do it. I mean, you know, in our pub now, if, if... if it was a situation, I think that they knew that they were going to sell. If they had one cascade on, they knew we're going to go through this in a couple of days. I wouldn't bother putting a cast breather on. But, you know, if you've got multiple um, beers on, and sometimes one sells quicker than another in the pub that I'm a partner in, we often go through a cask in, in less than three days. But at the same time, there might be one next to it, particularly if it's a stronger beer that, you know, it takes longer to, to go through. Right. So it's just a tool. I, I, I'm, I, I have no problem using them at all. Okay. I think they're great. I use mine as, a, as an airlock on my on my uh, conical. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Hook it up to CO2 and just great idea. don't worry about anything. That's a great mm-hmm. idea. All right. I've got a few questions from our chat room that I want to get to before we move further, Paul, if that's okay. And uh, sure. one of them was about spiles. I did want to just... Back up for a second and paint a picture and make sure I have spiles right because um, I did get to go see a few sellers while I was out there in the UK and so you've got the bung on the top of the uh, well so to speak at the top of of the cask and you've got uh, the the tap that you hammer into where it would come out is the spile the bit that you hammer down into the center of the bung so that it can Correct. vent is that right Correct Okay. So that's this wooden piece that you hammer down into the center of the bung just to kind of paint a picture at home, and and then it breathes. And then if if you'll remember back, Paul was saying that there are are soft ones that are more porous and hard ones that are porous but that will generally put a seal on there. Um, A question that came through from Slow Brood in our chat room, he wants to know if spiles can be reused. And if so, um, since it's porous, is it then pretty hard to sanitize? Yeah, I... For the price of them, they're inexpensive. I suggest people throw them away just for the fear of cross-contamination. I mean, spiles are, you know, 30 or 40 cents a piece. You know, for 30 or 40 cents versus the chance of spoiling a batch of beer, I just chuck them away. Sometimes also the soft ones can get blocked up. Uh, and, you know, that's one thing that you need to check, actually, because, you know, if there's... 
um, a top break, you know, and there's some yeast that, you know, comes to the top. And then as it's getting blown off, you know, it can sometimes block up or sort of hop leaf if you're doing dry hopping. Um, I mean, that's another nice thing with cask, um, you know, is dry hopping. You know, I mean, just, you know, I mean, I used to leave, use leaf hops. I never bothered using a hop bag. I just throw them right in loose. That's, um, that's popular among but, craft brewers who do uh, play around with casks, I found, in on the West Coast at least. For example, Drakesbury uh, will do a cask every Wednesday or so, usually featuring a dry hop, extra dry hop version of a beer. So, like you're saying, you can just dry hop right in the cask straight. Yeah. Whole hops or yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, with the, you know, to answer the question with spiles, I recommend people just chuck them away. Uh, you know, they're not that expensive, you know, and if you contaminated um, uh, a beer, you know, for the cost of a spile, it's, it's right. a, lot of, a lot of effort gone down the drain. Yeah, good point. And we've talked about that before, too, with like, uh, even with your corny kegs, right? The parts to, to replace in a corny keg, yeah. the little rubber fit, it's yeah. so cheap. Yeah. You've brewed that beer. So if you're going to rebuild, you know, take a good look at it and yeah. spend the 35 cents or whatever. Yeah, I don't I'm know checking is, Paul's but. website, the spiles that he sells in, in quantity, like come out to be 20 cents or something like this each, right? That'd Got be a it. name yeah. to yeah. ruin a batch for 20 cents, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. What about uh, air filters? Paul, uh, you know, they have little little tiny uh, air filters to put in line so the air that you're bringing in um, is at least, you know, 99% bacteria-free. You think that's a good idea? Is that if you're not nope. using a breather, you mean? Uh, even if you are using a breather, because oh, okay. on the breather, it's just the air. There's no there's no filtration unit at all. Okay. But the, the breather would be bringing in CO2. Ah, yeah. So right. yeah, yeah. CO2 tank. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, then if you're not using a breather, yeah. Yeah, if you're not using a breather, I don't know anybody that uses a filter. Uh-huh. Um, to be honest, you could do. It wouldn't be a bad idea. I'm not sure how you would um, hook it up. Um, there is um, another piece of equipment. It's called a, a barrel venting peg, and I use this when I'm doing festivals. Uh, I started using it after that incident where the spray hit the 16 foot ceiling ah. and basically um it's like a spile uh with a tube attached so you know you can knock that in and have the tube go in a bucket and if it's a crazy beer it's going to blow off into the bucket instead of all over the place i suppose you could use that and put an air filter in that line that would be one way of doing it but you know most of the time you know in pubs they don't bother you know they just um ease out the soft spile, yeah. you know, um, or the hard spile, you know, and just ease it out. And another thing, piece of equipment, now this doesn't have a filter in it, but that I sell, it's called a race cask ventilator. In, in a pub, if you're not using a cask breather, what you should do at the end of the session, at the end of the night, is actually hard spile it. You should seal it so overnight and until you start dispensing it again, that it's sealed, so it helps maintain the carbonation level. Uh, this is a widget that was devised by um, a landlord in the UK, and it's really, you can't use it for venting because it will just mess it up, but when it's vented, if you're not going to use a cast breather, you can use this, and it's like an automatic hard and soft spile. Um, it's got some ball bearings in there, and it will only open when you're dispensing when it isn't dispensing, it's closed. 
if for some reason the um, CO2 level got too high, it will open to vent. And that way it just saves, particularly in a pub, you know, at the end of the night, if it's 2 o'clock in the morning or whatever, to try and get people to go and hard spile the firkins. I mean, someone's going to forget. You know, this is a, a nice way to do it. They're quite popular in, in the UK in pubs. There might be a way of attaching a filter to that, but, I, you know, I've never really worried about it that much, to be honest. It seems to me that if you're not doing the... Um Oh shit! The 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 breather. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna get a, the oxygen that gets in is going to take hold of that beer sure. just as quick as whatever bacteria is coming in through the air. So, in other words, you're after yeah. either way if you're letting the oxygen in. So, <laughs> right. no need to filter the oxygen. Yeah. You're gonna get oxygen flavor, or you're gonna get bacteria flavor, right? So, one or the other. You're still if you're not finishing that beer in two to three days, like Paul said, I wouldn't bother with it either. Just quit your job and start drinking full time. Right, I can I can do that. All right. Wait, I think I already did do that Shit. about seven years ago. <laughs> um, okay, uh, here's a question from Reaver in the chat room that came through, and I think this is a, is a good question, even if it kind of varies. He says, "How does the cellaring work?" In other words, he says, "What kind of of settling time is there for a cask? If we move, uh, say, you know, a cask from." Uh, the house to the car, then to move into a party so I can serve Cascale. How long does that beer need to settle before I put it on Yeah, tab? I get asked this question a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that some of the bars in the UK that are just getting into it and don't want to make, you know, the investment for a beer engine, the most difficult part, actually, for bars in the UK is getting the temperature correct. You know, because most walk-ins are 40 degrees or less, um, so, you know, it's no good having it in the walk-in. Uh, what I suggest, if bars have the space, is actually to use a kegerator behind the bar, have it recalibrated, you know, to 52 degrees or what have you, uh, and do it that way. Um, but moving, yeah, that's an issue. So, you know, sometimes I'll have a customer that they say, okay, we're doing a cask on Friday night at 5 o'clock. You know, we're going to take it out the cooler at half past four, vent it. T-. I said, look, that's wrong. You know, I'm very emphatic about making sure that people <laughs> understand how to do it correctly. Right. It needs to be in place at least 24 hours. Okay. You know, so I say to them, what I suggest is that they get it in place, you know, Thursday morning, Thursday lunchtime, vent it, tap it, and then I also sell... Uh, insulating jackets and ice blankets, which will enable you to keep it uh, at the correct temperature. And, you know, they put it on the bar and they do that. You've got to change them about every 12 hours. But that's the key. Right. The, the thing is, is we were talking about earlier that it isn't flat and it's not served at room temperature. Well, another misconception is that it isn't cloudy. Okay. It should be bright. You know, I mean... On the cask mark, you know, the four things that are tested is temperature, taste, aroma, and appearance. You know, it should be totally bright. It should be brilliant. Right. Pin bright is another expression that's used, you know. Um, So that's important. That's really important uh, that it has the time to drop bright. You know, I think what would be a, you know, if you want to take it to a party uh, and you can't get it the... Um, you know, 24 hours ahead of time, keep it cool and all that business. I mean, you know, I I think it would be better to 
to you know pour it off into growlers or something. Mm. Okay. And then you know the, the yeast is left behind, and then you know it, you, you haven't got that issue. We see, we see that in so the yeah, in it U- is, is a no no. We see that in the U.S. more common than than you would want to see. I think as far as serving traditional real ale they'll have a, a cask on the bar for aesthetic reasons or just for fun yeah it's only been there for a couple hours it's cloudy it's cloudy and it's not necessarily what it what it should be it's good to hear the the proper method being that it really you want a clear beer and yeah. it should be there way ahead of time to let I, settle out right? i want to bring paul with me to parties just so i can hear him tell everybody they're wrong <laughs> <laughs> you're wrong but you know the, you the know. thing is is that um you know, when I first got involved in this, I mean, the reason that I got involved in Cascale was because I was passionate about it. I mean, you could imagine what the market was like 15 years ago. Yeah. You just think, just think what the craft beer market was like 15 years ago. And then think of cask within that. I mean, it definitely wasn't for the money. Right. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. You know, but it was passionate. And I still have that passion for it. And I'm, I think it's great that it's becoming more popular, but it's not great if it becomes more popular and that people are just serving rubbish. If you know? it's not I mean, right, it, yeah. It, it, I'd rather, and that's why, you know, with, with Cask Mark, you know, we just started rolling that out in Philadelphia, actually. Um, you know, I think it's important that people that are doing it right get recognized for that. Sure. Um, you know, it's important. So, you know, when I talk to people, I have a new cu- customer, I'm very emphatic about the way that they should do it. And I basically say, look, you know, if you can't do it this way, if you can't get it on the bar 24 hours ahead of time, if you can't get the temperature correct, just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I agree with you. Stop because you're, you're also perpetuating the the myth that, All that the a, negative stuff a yep. stupid Americans have about this style of beer. See, I say the same thing about home brewing. Just, we're just perpetuating the myth. No, if it? you can't do it well, don't do it. <laughs> well, but nobody there's, listens to there's that. There's a learning curve. Well, whatever. <laughs> right. I have a question for Paul. Speaking of serving etiquette on on this style of beer, so when you have the beer engine and you're in between pints, and let's say the beer engine is going to sit there maybe for half hour, an hour in between pints, should the, the handle be completely mm. upright or should the handle be tilted slightly towards you? Does, it really doesn't make It doesn't matter. Okay. No, it I heard, make I heard two guys arguing about that once. And, tell and, people to put it upright. It just, you know, I think it looks looks a bit better from a presentation standpoint. Yeah. Got it. But it, that Upright's doesn't make better. any difference. Got it. So it's but completely leads, sealed either way. To, that leads to another point. <laughs> you know... In the UK, where Cascale is more popular and they tend to move through it quicker, you haven't got the issue of the beer. I mean, a beer engine is basically a, just a like a bilge pump. You know, it's a simple pump. So there's a cylinder and a piston. So the, 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 the beer engine will have beer sitting in the cylinder. And the cylinder basically comes in two sizes, a quarter pint and a half pint. And, you know, when often when people say, what should I get? I direct them often towards a quarter pint because there's less beer sitting in the cylinder. So that's another thing, you know, um, if the, it's also the, it's not only the salmon, but it's also the bartenders. I mean, they should realize, and I tell all my staff uh, at the pub this, is that that first beer should be basically disposed of. 
You know, they mm. should pull mm. that cylinder through and get rid of it. Now, the beer engines that we have, you can get beer engines that the cylinder is actually water jacketed. So you can run a coolant around the outside of the cylinder, which helps keep the beer in the cylinder cool. Um, and, you know, I was talking earlier about having a keg cooler. What yeah. we do is within that keg cooler, we just have a simple water reservoir. Like, you, know, you can use whatever you want, a bucket, a jug, it doesn't matter. And then a pump. And we pump that water that is obviously at 52 degrees up along the beer line, insulate the beer line like you would, a, you know, a keg line. And then we pump it around the cylinder and then back down into the water reservoir. And so the beer line and the beer in the cylinder, it helps keep that temperature all the same. Something if people, you know, which is quite good in a homebrew environment, um, really, I mean, that, that would help as well. But uh, one of the things that people need to realize is it's no good using a submersible pump in the reservoir, although they're the easiest to get and the cheapest to get, because the, the, the heat of the pump running will heat that reservoir up. So you really need a self-priming kind of external pump. Mm. Uh, but that's a system that works very, very well um, because that's something else that the bartenders have got to be aware of. Hey, if I haven't served the Cascale for three, year, for three years, for th three hours, you know, that beer in that cylinder is, you know, going to be warm. Right. Good point. That's some technology right yeah. there. Running a radiator along the side. Man, <laughs> really? I like it. It's like jacketed. Jacketed. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Here's another pouring question while we're on it that came through uh, from one of our per uh, people in the chat room uh, wanting to know what the correct way to pour a pint from a hand, pipe, hand pump. He says, I've seen some bars pour them and leave the head of the faucet submerged in the beer as it's drawn. And he says... If you're using a sparkler, mm -hmm. that's what you should do. I in see. fact, the sparkler has a tip on the end that's most probably about a quarter of an inch and then you should you should actually put the glass so the tip is on the bottom of the glass oh yeah and then pull the handle and then follow it it down keeping that submerged so yes that's if you're using a sparkler that's the way to do it if you're not using a sparkler see if this is another thing that that where the bartender has to get involved you know, you'll get some beers, even if you vent them, there's going to be, you know, similarly, there's going to be some beers that are going to be a bit livelier and some that aren't. And then during the course of it, its dispense, it can change. The carbonation level can change. So, you know, sometimes you'll start off dispensing it and we'll, you know, we'll, you know if you put a sparkler on it, it will just be too much head. Um, so... You know, in that case, I would just pour it to the, on the side of the glass like you do if you're dispensing out of a keg faucet. Okay. All right. Okay, another thing I wanted to touch on while, while we're doing this, and, and that and we, we just mentioned it briefly, and that's dry hopping in the, mm. uh, in the cask. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'll tell you that the best beers I had in England were dry hopped in the cast and and they were so wonderful because you know we think of uh you know with our big egos here on the west coast of, of of our hoppy beers and the wonderful character but but some of the best hop aroma that i've had and, and flavor were, were these cask ales that i that i drank i just i really loved it it was a nice character to it so uh to do that at home uh, obviously it affects 
moving the cask, the, the whole 24-hour thing. You mentioned whole flowers. What about pellets? Can we not throw pellets into the cask? You know, most homebrewers are using do. those anyway. Do, but I don't think you're going to get as much aroma out of a pe- uh, 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 pellets, are you? Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. At least a very different character. More, for yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think you get more aroma out of leaf. Um, and another concern that I'd have, but as long as they dropped well, you'd be okay. But if they didn't, uh, they may block the tap. Yeah, that's my other mm-hmm. question. Yeah. If we have to put them in, in a hop bag Especially or something, how pellets. do you deal with that? Yeah, with pellets, I definitely would, would, I think, would put in a hot bag. But flowers, you don't have to. I'm sorry? But flowers, you don't have to put in a bag. I've never done them, no. I mean, the seeds usually drop, and then, you know, the leaf is, you you know, most of it floats, you know. Yeah. used to sell these plugs in the American market. They probably still do in the U.K. They they fit right in the top of that bun. Yeah, can't you get those in the U.S. any longer? I never see them anymore. They probably still sold in some markets, but just great half-ounce plugs, they would fit. Right in the, the top for that purpose. Right? Yeah, well, that, that's exactly what they they use in the breweries in the UK for dry hopping because they're so easy. You just yeah. throw them right in the shop. You, yeah. you can make them yourself. They used to put it. They, yeah. they brought them back for a little bit, but uh, they nobody took. They didn't take off. Okay. I mean, even even I think uh, after Papazian's book came out, they were still kind of still waning. Not. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's I haven't just seen an easy them. way to get them in there. That's exactly. Yeah. Well, I will say this, and I am no expert by any means. But if you're going to go through this trouble oh, and you're going to spend okay. the money on the cask uh, uh, system, yeah, you got to dry hop that beer. Oh yeah, you got to put the flowers in that beer if it goes with the beer. Well, okay, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, right. of course. Yeah. But then make a beer that goes with it because right, I'm right, telling you, right. it is part of the experience, and you'll you'll change your own mind. You'll you'll go, <laughs> oh my goodness, this is wonderful. You'll taste the, this hop character. <laughs> oh my goodness, you have to do it. Oh my goodness, <laughs> the British ale, the original. First dry hopped beer. I mean, the, the yeah. beer that yeah. gained yeah. that reputation. But right? think so. of it this way, too. Even with the techniques that we talk about here on this show, with our IPAs and our double IPAs and things like that, we, okay, here's what we say. We go fermentation, and then we don't we don't bother too much with secondary most of the time. We say, go ahead and, and go to a keg. And then you can dry hop in that. Or for those of us with conicals, right, we, we dry hop in the conical. Mm. And then we go to the keg. And then maybe we'll go to a bright tank, and we'll serve from that. But no matter what, we're not serving off of the hops. Right. Okay? This is what I'm getting at. So we're talking a less, a, a lower amount of hops in most of these styles. And um, so we're not going to worry about bitterness. You're, you're actually serving off of the hops. And I'm telling you, it's wonderful. And so I'm just saying I highly recommend <laughs> that's it. It's wonderful. That's awesome. It is. It's yeah. so great. Let's do it right now. All you ho- that's what I mean. The hop heads, you think you got to dry hop a shitload and then take it off the hops and then drink it. Well, you you don't have to do it that way and still get great hop character. And that's all I'm saying. This is more delicate, uh, you know, and it's not sitting yeah. on that dry hop as long. It yeah. may only be there a few days or well, a week or something. You're going to have to blow through that keg pretty fast. Yeah? Why is that? Uh, that's why we take them off the dry hops so that it doesn't get over hopped. Okay, uh, I see. And he's he's talking about the whole time. It's you got to go through this go thing through to it. make it fresh. So it's not just the oxygen, but I see what you're saying. If the hop stays in there too long, it will also some, that that changes as well. Some grassy vegetative yep. character maybe if it's on it too long or something, but sure. right. I mean the ones that you were tasting in the UK, they were from cellar masters who knew what they were doing obviously and knew when the beer is going to be served one, one, they two, were also right? busy places so they right. were going through this right. beer yeah. i'm sure and of it one two days versus on the seventh day yeah okay you make good points do the lemon 
Go ahead. You know, I think most of the hops that they would use for dry hopping over there would be something like Goldings or Fuggles. Mm, right. Yeah. Pretty low alpha acid. Delicate. More, more subtle yeah. hops. Flavor, yeah. yeah. But great aroma. Like yeah. Goldings? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I yeah. love those uh, EKG rules, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, taste it. In, in England, do the, uh, do the breweries dry hop the beer, or does the landlord often uh, do that? Usually the breweries. The breweries? Okay. Yeah. And what would be a typical time between uh, uh, leaves the brewery and served at the... At the pub, for just your like a English mild, not a not a strong beer. That uh, yeah, um, it's a good question. That I mean, the breweries, the the network now has become obviously further afield. You know, years ago, I mean, I remember when Youngs was still in Wandsworth in London. It was interesting. They used to have you know a team of Shire horses to do uh, deliveries. <laughs> and they reckon that around London, if it was within, I think, four or five miles of the brewery, it was just as quick to use the horses as it was uh, to have them delivered on a truck. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously, the there, you know, those those breweries are further afield. But I think there still is a, a regionalization to a certain extent. I mean, it's, say Fuller's, you know, which is in Chiswick, um, London, it, you don't see too much Fuller's up north. Um, so I'm not sure the answer to that, but I would think realistically it's most probably when it leaves the brewery, goes to the distributor, out to the pub, it's got to be within a week. Okay. All right. All right. I mm-hmm. got you. So that's... But, you know, we are seeing British Cascale over here. You know, I mean, we've had, you know, in, in the pub that I'm involved in, I mean, we've had, you know, Fuller's... Um, you know, all the Green Kings, you know, Green King IPA, Ruddles County, Moreland's Old Speckled Hale, mm. and uh, Witchwood. We've had some of the smaller breweries. Have you ever had any of the Thornbridge brewery? You know Thornbridge in England? Yeah, we yeah. did a yep. show with them, too, talking about, uh, we did a Can You Brew It, uh, where we got some of their recipes. Great beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're very, kind of a progressive new brewery over there. We're seeing some of those Harvest Dune, um, Old Engine Oil had in cask and old engine oil reserve in cask so we're seeing more and more british um cask ales coming over which is interesting and uh, you know i mean they've been fine you know i mean there's been this concern obviously that the you know they're traveling the distance we tend not to see too many in the summer uh, see more in the winter months but um you know they've been fine okay good stuff all right uh, now, here's a question, and I'm asking uh, using Tasty as an example, but by no means would this be Tasty's question, I'm sure of it. Tasty like, you know, Tasty will filter beer, his homebrew. And we're talk- you say that a, a good cask ale should be bright, mm. and, and we're talking about transporting this cask. If we filter a beer before we put it in the cask, are we stripping out too much yeast for it to then no. condition? No. Well... You know, it depends how you filter it, I suppose, mm. but it shouldn't need to be filtered. Um, you know, if you follow the, uh, you know, drop in the temperature so that the, the yeast will drop out or most of the yeast will drop out of the beer. Yeah. I can't remember the actual parts per million um, that it's supposed to be. I think it's less than um, 1.5, I think. But uh, you know, I never use what's that thing that they use with a microscope spectrometer? Is it? Yeah, yeah. To measure yeast count, you know. I mean, I never get, got into that. But generally, um, you know, just following that process. 
And obviously, it depends on the yeast. You know, I was using British yeast, open yep. fermenters. You know, they were, you know, yeast that were brewed. I mean, I brought Young's, Young's yeast over here 20 years ago. It was, um, I contacted the brewery. I mean, when I was doing this, I mean, there was no Y yeast or White Labs or any of those guys. It was all dry yeast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was practically impossible to get a decent, you know, British top cropping, top fermenting yeast. And I contacted the brewer at Young's when I was over there on holiday. And I told him, I said, you know, I live in America, brew my own beer, can't get a good British yeast, you know, any chance of giving us a sample? And uh, he said, well, if you meet me at the gates at 6 o'clock in the morning, and he mostly thought <laughs> I would turn up, but I did. Right. And uh, he was very gracious, took me all around the brewery, and then gave me, a, a you know, a little starter in a, in a small little jar, um, you know, that they would keep. And, uh, you know, this was, you know, before the days that you couldn't bring liquids on a plane and all that. And, you know, right. kept it in the fridge, put some ice and just brought it back to the States, you know, and streaked it out. Um, so, you know, the yeast is obviously important. You know, you want a yeast that will flocculate well and drop pretty quick. You know, and some of these, when we were talking about 24 hours, I mean, there's some, there's some yeast that, really compact very very well now you're not going to be able to take it and put it in a car and drive it you know i mean yeah it's not going to stand up to that you know but there's some yeast that really compact well that you can you know gingerly move them from one spot to another without rousing them too much okay all right. Yeah, they'll form a solid uh, chunk in the bottom of the vessel yeah like i'm speculating something like oh two or that strain would probably tend to that pretty well right no i can't get past the 24-hour thing because i i 99 percent of the beer i make is served outside my home you know so it's yeah outside the brewery so i gotta have beer to go it's which part of why you'll filter yeah you right know. well not, not so much filter I, I we didn't talk about this but i assume that findings go into the cask as well right right okay so <clears throat> so you know there's ways to get clear beer now what if i uh, did basically did all my uh aging and maturation of my beer in corny kegs with findings on yeast natural carbonation i would cap it off you know a few points before terminal carbonate the beer and then on go to party day i just take a firkin transfer it gently into the firkin maybe add some dry hop maybe not and just go away and serve the clear beer that would wet would i still be doing a cast serving or would it really just be Taking homebrew that I just moved in a different different vessel. It depends if you're going yeah. to a camera function. I guess <laughs> camera would throw me out. Yeah. Right? How well? Okay, how long has that been in there? How well can you lie? Yeah. What do you think of that, Paul? What do you think about that, Paul? Would that be a cask. What do you think about that? Paul? I mean, that would be one way to do it. <clears throat> obviously, um, you know, it is really cask conditioned ale. It's just that you know you're just um, yeah. you know taking off the yeast bed so you can dispense it. So. Um, you know, if it, was, if, if it was for a party, I suppose that would be acceptable. Um, but I think if it's for an extended period of time, I think it's important for it to remain on the yeast. And, you know, part of the reason mm. being is the point that was made earlier, the fact that it's still working, it's still changing. Oh, yeah, I get that. Um, yeah. you know, that that's, that's really part of it. Yeah. And also the fact that, you know, there's people involved, the salmon and the bar staff, and, it, you know, it's not just kind of sticking a glass under a faucet and opening it. You know, it's you've really got to care about it, actually. Yeah. And and I think, so this is an excellent point, because, of course, we're looking for way, well, we're always looking for shortcuts, aren't we? But we're looking for ways to serve the beer so that it tastes like it's supposed to. 
but that's not the whole thing. Was it was it done like it's supposed to be? So mm-hmm. so I think, and, and if I could just paraphrase, Paul's saying, yeah, you're, you're going to serve beer that tastes probably like it's going to taste if you did it that way, tasty. But I like this whole idea of you're you're going through the the motions. It's the traditions of it. It's the way it's supposed to be treated. It's almost like a plant that you're supposed to sing to in order for it to flower <laughs> properly. If really? you don't do all this to the beer, it's not going to treat you as well as you, you know, you got to treat it right. Respect for what happens in the cellar, too. I mean, that guy goes through a lot of work right. to, make, to make it good, right? right? And that's a whole profession. Yeah. Right? Well, over there. Right. Over here, here, it should be. Over here, the word cellarman is thrown around yeah. as some guy who spends his time in a walk-in. Right. Yeah, it's, it's the equivalent of busboy. Right. It's the busboy is also the cellarman uh, in the yeah. U.S. In many cases, yeah. 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 You got, hang the on. Gopher. Wash, it's by a the dishwasher. Way, when you're done moving that, wash this dish. Yeah. Okay, yeah go uh, change a keg when you're done with that dish, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the guy with the hand truck. <laughs> yeah. Basically. So I like the way that Paul talks about it as a, you know, when, when he got into it, you know, back then, there there in the U.S. even, there, were, there was cast beer um but it certainly wasn't for the profit it was for the it was for doing it right right you know i like that there's something we said for tradition i want ken burns to do a documentary on cascale yeah and then uh, narrated by david attenborough just to give it that <laughs> <British feel>. right <laughs> paul i don't i don't think paul approves of that that's, been, <laughs> that's wrong well, that, that sounds good <laughs> everyone likes david attenborough come on right you can't go wrong no <laughs> All right, more importantly, Paul, who are you rooting for while you're watching the Olympics, the United States or the UK? Um, <laughs> both, really. <laughs> both, I mean, it, You know, I'm glad that, the you know, England are doing so well. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure how many medals they're up to now, but they're in third place. I think that's great. Yep. Um, but, you know, I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched a lot of the Olympics. You know, I mean, I haven't really been following it that much. I just kind of turned it on. I mean, I turned it on before. I can't remember what was on. Okay. Uh, but, um, you know, it's... Um, it's a difficult question to ask. <laughs> but you, you did watch the royal wedding, I assume. I mean, come on. Um, Yes, not in its entirety. <laughs> right, um, I got to hope not. Um, yeah, it. Um, I think it, you stumped the you know, brewer I did here, watch Justin. It and I actually <laughs> more, you know, it had more of an effect on on me than I thought it it would. And a friend of mine who's a brewer down in Baltimore, Steve Jones, he's a British guy from Coventry, brews great great beers. Uh, he watched it and he said the same thing. The funny thing was, it was uh, that was that day is my birthday. Ah, and at the at the pub, you know, we had all the bunting, the flags up, and all this. And I've got a, a waistcoat, you know, a, a vest that's a Union Jack. Nice. So, and we had a champagne toast. And when I stood up to make the toast, you know, everybody expected. And I said, you know, today is a memorable day in British hist- history. It's my birthday. <laughs> Quite beautiful. Right. But um, no, no, it was good. It was good. It was great. All right. Well, yeah. if you can, watch that football match between uh, the U.S. and uh, Canada, man. That was a good one. See, I would think you would be rooting for Europe, right? Because don't they have the European Union? So to be rooting for Europe. Don't In they? the Olympics? Yes. No. Why not? No, what are you talking no, about? Europe is unionized. <laughs> Isn't it? I don't understand. All right. Yeah, Frenchman. The Great Britain got knocked out by Korea in the in the football by Korea. Oh, yeah. No, it was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I liked watching the ginger. Brits, the ginger uh, running, the, the ginger running Brits event. running, and the and the gymnastics. I like the gingers, <laughs> <laughs> the daywalkers. They're yeah, they were crazy. What I watched was the um, 
the women's uh, discus. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen houses throw things before? It's the women's discus. <laughs> That's what it is. They're right. huge, except the the German lady was like six foot, you know, one or two. Yeah, very slender, but like the the Bulgarian was just <laughs> right. crazy man. It's, it's, like, like, it's a- like watching grizzlies <laughs> like throw a frisbee. All right. All right. Well, Paul, uh, thank you so much for spending time with us today. And a lot of questions from the chat room, although we ended up covering most of them. So I just gave you the ones that we didn't cover. Um, That's great. But it, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is a topic that we've uh, tried to cover before, and uh, we just weren't so thorough. So I'm really glad you came on to do it. Um, you can go to ukbrewing.com to see Paul's website. Oh, he, here is another question, Paul, and, uh, you know, having to do with your website is, do you, do you have a physical shop that people can go to or can we order on the website? What's the deal? Yeah, no, I don't have a physical shop. Um, so it's just order on the website or give me a call. If you have any questions, I can help you. Okay, perfect. And it sounds like you're just as much about the education as you are about the equipment. So if people just have questions about uh, how to get it done, you'll answer those too. Yeah, absolutely. That's the most important part. Perfect. So go to ukbrewing.com. And, and Paul, is this all you do now, is is help people with cast beer? Um, yeah, pretty well. You know, I, I'm involved in that pub, but it's also a hotel. Um, oh, yeah. I have a partner in that and a couple of other things, but... Uh, yeah, the pub is in Littitz, Pennsylvania. So if anybody's ever in Littitz, it's called the Bull's Head Public House. And uh, we always have Cascale on there, so it's, it's worth a stop. And and we can stay there as well. It's a hotel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. You can drink enough cask beer to walk up to your, to stumble to your hotel room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I have a feeling the uh, the rooms are just the booth that you sit in. <laughs> so when you're done, you just pull a shade and that's it. That's fantastic. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, what a great idea. Yeah. How, how about a hand pump in every room? <laughs> well, there you go. well that's, that's a brothel down the road. <laughs> right. All right, Paul. Thanks so much for being on the program. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Bye. All right, there you go. It's Paul Pendyke, and you can find him at uh, ukbrewing.com. And good guy. Yeah. Man knows what he's talking about. I'd like to see more Cascale around. A lot of beer engines in the Bay Area sit dry. In, right. in pretty busy beer bars. It's kind of amazing. It'd be kind of cool to see a little bit more. I wonder if after. people just don't, they don't know what it is. I mean, I think maybe they did. There was a time for a yeah. while where they didn't sell very well. Yeah. So the, the bar stopped carrying them. They but, didn't want well, the beer to spoil. Because, yeah. because what it is in general is that pump that someone has to, you know, pull to, to pour a pint of beer. Mm-hmm. And it stops right there for right. most consumers. Right. Although then the product that they get, which, is the cliche is warm and flat and that's yep. why it didn't take off because yeah. it was just it wasn't what or, it's supposed to be or it's in a pin on the counter right and so oh cat i'll try that and then the the bartender walks over to this thing go wait what is that that's not refrigerated i don't want that right and it, it I, I think it very much is a cultural thing but hopefully uh we can get beyond that as a movement sure as a craft beer movement well, hashtag like movement I think it'd be cool to see it done and done well at least yep. I mean Magnolia and some place like that kind of specialize it in the Bay Area sure are very yeah. different than that but um, well, what I noticed about his website is it's it's very informative and it tells you how to set it up uh, it's right. a lot of diagrams mm. and yeah. you need this to do this oh I'm out and how to set it all up <laughs> 
Yeah, and this is the point. And it should be done that way. And I think if, and like I was saying too, this is no longer a problem unique to Cascale. Right. It's a problem everywhere. Now that, exactly. they, in fact, I think with the increased popularity of craft beer, we're getting the increased uh, popularity of serving it wrong. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, everyone right. wants to put it on tap. More, you know? pro- more people, more problems. Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, right. you, well, I mean, you look, you know, just the amount of, of crazy people in the world has. It seems like every now, every week, there's some insane person doing some crazy shit. Because yeah. there's 7 billion of us idiots on the planet. Right. Where, you know, 25 years ago, there wasn't that many idiots, so there weren't that many problems. Well, Justin, sure. I've seen you when you get that beer out of a bad beer line. Oh, uh, you know. Ooh, it's undrinkable. Once you get it, once you get a certain level of education, you realize how bad oh, it really like, is. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. They just changed the keg. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. You know, I might not be able to brew it well, but... I am tasting enough of it to know what it's supposed to taste like. And uh, I hesitate to use the, the term beer snob. Um, I'll call myself that in, in passing as a joke. a craft beer fan and but, aficionado. Well, in some ways, I just want a, a, a good beer. Yeah. Can't it just be that I want a good beer? No. Exactly. You have to, you know, no, wow. you have to have a special designation. <laughs> right. So that way, everybody on the other side of that can make fun of you for being that thing. Right. If yeah. I have to send the beer back because it's been, you know, you know, he talked about how that first beer should be poured out yep. of the engine. Yeah. That first beer should be poured out of every tap. Yeah. Yep. You know, it, it, even it, if it is cold, it's sitting in that plastic yeah. line all night. Well, especially, yeah, you're, you're going there for lunch. You're probably the first guy to order a beer that day. You know yeah. most. So what yeah. is, ends up in that glass has been in that line for oh, 12 hours. Oh, and I see hours. the fruit flies fly out of the bottom of that uh, tap handle. Oh, yeah. oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just like it's just like when you send your food back, like if you want a steak and it's too rare or not rare enough or yeah. whatever, well, are you a steak snob? <laughs> no. No. You're, you're a consumer who yeah. wants a good if you, steak. If you want eggs sunny side up and they're still the white is still running in the top, are you an egg snob? Or whatever, no. JP. Right. It's just beer. Just right. drink it. Well, it's beer. Just- <laughs> I'm pouring out of my, own, my own kegerator, and I know what's in the line. I know how long the lines are. Some are longer than others. That. I, I, I pull it, and I watch what comes out, and then I dump it <laughs> yeah. before yeah. I even serve it to anybody. Well, because you don't even serve it to me. No. So hell to the goats. No. Hell no. <laughs> hell no. Not even you. Hell not. I don't even. I don't even taste it because I know it's bad. Well, so I just. I can see there's a difference when you're pouring it. You can see it's coming out flat. Yeah. And then yeah. then you see it starting to sparkle. And you know that's when you stop, right. dump it out, and then you serve your friends. Yeah. That's real talk. That is real talk. Yeah. That's real doc talk. That's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we got some beer news. Plus, we'll find out what's going on in Doc's life and uh, lots oh, yeah. more going on. We still have to do feedback, Doc. We saved it for you. That's true. How you like me now? Oh, yeah, I love you, baby. It's the session. Hang in there. We'll be right back. <laughs> You're listening to the Brewcasters, the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over 
over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. By popular vote from the Northwest Brewing News, HopTech has been voted the best homebrew shop in Northern California. Serving homebrewers for nearly 30 years in Dublin, California, HopTech carries more than 40 different kinds of hops and more than 60 different grains. Malt extract, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts. Open every day except Wednesday or shop online anytime at HopTech.com or call 1-800-DRY-HOPS, 1-800-379-4677. With in-store classes almost every Saturday, huge selection and a dedicated commitment to their customers. HopTech is one of the longest-running and passionate homebrew stores, period. And now, by popular vote, the best homebrew shop in Northern California. And don't forget their 15% military discount. HopTech. Visit today at HopTech.com. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Oh, I was drunk last night and a night before and I'm gonna get drunk just once more until the drunk man's wiggle. Drunk man's wiggle. Oh, the drunk man's wiggle. Drunk man's wiggle. Everybody's doing the drunk man's Take 
out, she wiggles and shakes another drunk man's wiggle. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. program and thank you for hanging out with us thanks to paul pendyke from uk brewing supplies a dude knows what he's talking about like having him on the show good job moscow yeah thanks i you know i the name thing yeah i screwed it up but it was a choice between dyke or dick he got it was a lose lose yeah you couldn't win there but you gotta ask i know i just see i was referred to him and the guy knew the guy who referred me to him knew him, and that's how he pronounced his name. Right. So I made the mistake of assuming he was correct and not asking Paul himself. Right. Still my mistake, but I was misled. <laughs> Pendyke. Paul Pendyke. I like how you, you go, that's why you have to ask. No, no, no. I was misled. <laughs> but then I admitted at the end that it, that it was, in fact, sure. it's it's around, partially yeah. my fault. Yeah, I know. I think it's funny. We're all that way here. All right. I'm not. I'm but perfect. I, uh, right. Uh, <laughs> But I did want to thank Paul for being on the program. Go to ukbrewing.com right now. You can get more information. And, of course, you can order supplies. And uh, I want to be invited to a home brewer's house who has real cask ale. Just putting it out there, you know. So uh, I want one of you to follow his advice and, uh, and give you free beer. I want to be invited to a home brewer's house that has real cask ale on tap yeah. from a brewery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. I spent $600 on all this. Well, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry to hear that. It's a good first effort. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now, Doc's back in the studio with, the, with us this week. And, Doc, what I want to know is how is Operation Docky Freedom going uh, this week right now? <laughs> it's Doc's stock at my house. <laughs> Doc's a lo- Doc, uh, the family's on a family vacation this week, and Doc had work and different things to do. So, uh, <laughs> Like living. It's Operation Docky Freedom going on down there at the Lothamer residence. Oh, it's, it's awesome. They left on Friday. <laughs> <It's> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have no rules. <laughs> I have no scruples. Are you working this week? No. Oh, Jesus. I took it off. So you, don't, you don't have anything keeping you in check. Oh, no. <laughs> I have people coming at all times of the night and right. day. I've, it's, and they're all welcome. It's I'm going to move in starting. T- I'll move in from tomorrow until Thursday. Good. <laughs> Doc sounds amazingly sober for this, this being the state of his life right now. Well, I knew I had to get here and right. get home. <laughs> wow, great. All right. I like it. Well, Nate asked me, is Doc coming? And I said, well, in theory, yes. He said he's going to be here. However, I know that he's uh, he's on hiatus this week, so... Maybe he'll show up. Maybe he won't. Anything could happen. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to show up. I just yeah. got I got many more things to do when I get home. You know, Doc, this could have been your life. <laughs> Every, everything that is preventing it from Every being your week. life was your choice. Yeah, I know. And, you know, I'm looking to the future. That's right. <laughs> it, it, it's, like, uh, it's like summer camp at my house. Right well, just remember yeah. this little taste of life, Doc. You keep it on. You keep it on the tip of your tongue. Savor it. My Swirl th- it around. My, my therapist smiled at me today. Oh, yeah? Because you came in uh, a normal human being? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kept telling him how happy I was, how, how good this is, and, and he goes, step in the right direction. <laughs> He's like, Doc, yeah. so wait a second. So you're actually happy, Doc. His therapist yeah. moonlights as a, as a, uh, a divorce attorney. <laughs> I was surprised the therapist didn't give him his money back this week. He's like, see, I don't. this is what it would be like all the time. Here's your money back. <laughs> Well, he's, he's usually like trying to get me just through the next week. Right. And he just smiles and goes, you'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. It's good I to almo- see you, Doc. I almost invited him over. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's weird. I like my therapist that much, too, but I don't invite him to things because I know he doesn't want to hang out with me. He's like, no, listen, you're fucking crazy. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go do what you do. Yeah, he might get into sucked into all what is Doc. Yeah, and exactly. He's like, uh, listen, I've heard all the things you do. I don't need any of that. Yeah. Well, well, he's, he's trying to stretch all the sessions out as long as possible. He doesn't need a whole dose to find out exactly what you is yeah, in what one you night. Is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, he wants to find out over the course of ten years. Right. I, figure, I can do anything I want. I'm going to brew, and I go, okay, I, I'm going to brew on Sunday. Shit didn't happen. I go, okay, I'll brew on Tuesday. I'm going to brew on Tuesday. Yeah. I'm um, brewing on Tuesday. Yeah, I can just do that. And if people ask me, well, what time are you going to brew? I'll come over and help you. I go, I don't know. <laughs> I can brew any time I want. Say, whenever I get out of the jacuzzi, that's when I'm going to be brewing. Motherfucker. Whenever I'm done shooting shit, that's when I'm going to start brewing. I offer people to shoot stuff. Are you shooting at stuff? At my house. Oh. Let's shoot stuff. Of course my na- my neighbors were stuff. over watching me shoot fire out of the dragon snout, and they I'll said, I'll bring my gun. We'll shoot. And it was mentioned there's way too many deer around here. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, well, I got guns for that. Hypothetically, because I'm sure it's not the season for that. No. Hey, we're, in, we're not in the county thing, so. It's, <laughs> they're not even in the country. They're, they're in international waters. There's no yeah. rules there at all. <laughs> Susie I'm, I'm wants just to not, come shoot guns. I'm just not cleaning it. Right. I don't care the bloody stuff. I'm just lazy. 
Nicole and Nate will clean it. I know. I know yeah. what week to take off next year and be like, Doc, when are you going to do this again? Right. And be like, Nicole, I'm going dis- to disappear for a while. You can come over yeah. too if you want, but it's going to get it's nuts. It's usually the first, second week in August. Hey, Justin, where are you going on vacation? Moraga. Moraga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go do some camping. Camp Doc. Yeah. I'm actually we, going to a hunting lodge. It's a whole resort. Pretty much. It's up we, in Moraga. We have 12 acres to do whatever yeah. we want. I'll, I'll see if I can post uh, the, the, the full flame test that we did. <laughs> Last night. Can you yeah. purchase some ATVs in between now and the next stop? I can borrow my, my neighbors have my oh, Perfect. I can get it. So, what time tomorrow? <laughs> Whatever time you want to show up. I'll bring my gun. So, if I just showed up at like four in the morning just shooting off rounds into the sky, it'd be fine, right? There's knock first. <laughs> oh, wait, I guess that is knocking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, JP's, JP's here. here. Yeah. <laughs> Lock the door. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I love All it. All right. Good time at Doc's. Oh. All right. You've got mail. Feedback's brought to you today by Relax, Grillin' and Chillin' out there in Hollister. And uh, I've been talking to those guys. Great place out there. And uh, they do a bunch of beer events. They get guys up from uh, the Central Valley. So you'll find Firestone Walker Beer Night there. You'll also find, like, 21st Amendment Beer Night. So they're doing a bunch of different beer events. And a lot, lot, lot of beer on tap at Relax, Chillin' and Grillin'. So you get yourself some food, some good beer. Go check them out out in Hollister. Relax, Grillin' and chilling let's do some feedback here we go um justin you're totally right about coffee being in beers other than stouts and porters see i told you jip me what no i I don't think so no you told me well actually you just pointed out that i have a reverse uh progression of homebrewing (laughs) that i started out doing i was started as a purist and end up as a throwing everything in or you just need another excuse for a breakfast beer right i'm real smart Uh, this past day, I had on. an espresso IPA, and it was amazing. The bitterness of the coffee complemented the hot bitterness amazingly well. No. I wish I could remember the brewery that made it. Oh, must uh, have been real good. But it was at the end of a long night of drinking, he said. <laughs> yeah, this tasted amazing after my palate was completely trashed, and I had no <laughs> recollection. Of the, and he probably probably didn't uh, even happen. <laughs> he probably just had a latte. I was like, this is really good. <laughs> that was from Keefla. He says, thanks. It was an awesome show. Sweet. Uh, okay, here we go. Dear fellow environmentalists, beer is one of the main contributors to the buildup of atmospheric carbon dioxide. Uh, no. <laughs> which, methane. It's one of the main. The main. Which we all uh, know no. is the sole cause of global warming. <laughs> the sole cause, yes, even. Sole. Yes. Uh, we at okay. Green Tremaine are working with our friends in Congress to mandate the beer brewers purchase, uh, to mandate that beer brewers purchase carbon credits as a way of offsetting the environmental damage caused when beer releases carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. For more information on this initiative, visit greentremaine.com slash urgentnewsupdate.html. Good title. Yeah. Uh, for more information about Easy purchasing, oh, and you can, oddly enough, you can yeah. purchase the carbon credits from them. Interesting. For oh. more information about purchasing Green Tremaine hmm. carbon credits and for tips on ways to reduce your overall footprint, that's uh, greentremaine.com slash carbonfreeliving.html. <laughs> How old is their website? I'm right. Uh, oh. Namaste from Daphne Tremaine. No. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> so I got that email sent from John Palmer. And, yeah. hit, and so he hit I got it too. forward and just wrote, 
Ha 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 I don't know. Do they have the lockdown on this, or can the BN sell green credits? No, oh, we should. Oh, be we, can, we can. Yeah, do we can do Why not? That's how Al Gore made a majority of his Let's fucking. See. Yeah, green, money. green, green, green credits. Let's Hang on, I'm for. clicking on the urgent news update now. If the whole show goes to shit, you know what happened. <laughs> uh, Greentremaine.com. You can be carbon free. Ask me. Um, Wait, carbon. You're a living thing. You can't be carbon free. <laughs> Stupid bitch. <laughs> Carbon, carbon is bad. Oh no! It says here it's all fake. <laughs> oh my god! It's, it has to be fake. It's a big fake thing. Oh, no. that's too bad. It's a good joke though. It is too bad. I wish we had come up with that joke, JP. Well, I don't have anyone to write with. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need to hire somebody to hold your hand. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see. Uh, hey, JP what? and Justin oh. and the rest of the Brewcasters, I just wanted to share an awesome story with you. I'll try to keep it short, so I'll skip past the earth cooling and the dinosaurs dying. Um, <laughs> and right to last Saturday evening. I was uh, finishing up a brew day of my aptly named All Simcoe Cat Pissy IPA called Psycho Kitty. Keep in mind he's trying to keep this short. Right. Right. As, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and enjoying some tasty brews in my front yard. A group of guys comes walking down the street and asks what I'm drinking. I then... They also commented on how the sun was uh, slightly lower in the sky this week than it was last week. <laughs> they only drink... Fl- they don't carbonate their beer because they don't want to release the carbon when they open the cap. One but I them, digress. One of them was wearing Converse All-Stars while the other... I judged to be about a size nine. Yeah, which fresh is white odd, Reeboks. Tall man. I then notice all three have pint glasses in hand and one is carrying a growler. It's then that I notice another guy is wearing a hop grenade t-shirt. But let me keep this short... <laughs> It just so happens that I was proudly sporting my BNAC homebrew t-shirt. Homebrewer t-shirt. I invited them over to share some great beers and hang out. They told me they had been meaning to stop by because they noticed my BN Army sticker in the back of my truck. So I just wanted to say thanks. uh, I thought it was going to be something like, you know, they said, fuck you and your Simcoe beer. They clubbed me in the head with the growler and kicked my ass. (laughs) You have a BN gang on your hands. In the parking lot. Because I was proudly flying the BN colors, I was able to meet some great guys and homebrewers in my otherwise lame-ass neighborhood. That's cute. Um, Now he's a, uh, he said, I'm already a PFC in the BN army, but I need to step it up and raise my rank. Uh, anyway, that is kind of rad. Just right in your story, neighborhood, yeah. a couple homebrewers coming by. Yeah. It's rad you can buy your own rank. Cheers from Mike. He says, P.S. If JP bitches because this email was too long, he can suck it. <laughs> if not, you rock JP, but you bitch. So suck well, it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> I could have rocked. Uh, dear Brewcasters, I'd never heard of Cantillon until hearing about it on your show. After hearing Justin rave about it, I knew I had to get to uh, go to Brussels for a visit. The only beers that they had at the brewery at the time were the Creek, Goose, and the Rose de Gambrinus. But I was able to find the Iris and the Vignerone at bottle shops out of town. I was also able to find a hop grenade sticker on the wall. Oh. Yes, there is one there. Nice. I know how at least one of them got there. I can retire. <laughs> I'm out. You can't? I, I can die now. 
I wasn't sure if Justin left it there during his tour. No, I don't ever do that stuff. I feel like a douche. Yeah. I leave it to you guys. I gave them one, but the, I didn't put it on anything. They put it up, I guess. Yeah, it, may, it was that or somebody else. Probably yeah. not till after the interview. You know, then they they're like, all right, <laughs> I mean, we can put it up. They're okay. No, uh, Tom from Naples, Italy. You're not going to be happy till there's a hop grenade in every hillbilly town, right? <laughs> right. Yep. By the way, Tom says, thanks for sucking it, and great work, JP. Oh, wow. In that order. Maybe he thinks uh, JP order. is John Palmer still. Yeah, it could There's be. Still <laughs> John Palmer. Yeah. Justin and crew, quick question. I was wondering if there's a way for me to edit the podcast that I've downloaded in iTunes so that I can order them in any way I wish, i.e. per date. Right now, a few of the podcasts, mainly the Jamil show I have, uh, don't have a release date. So they're all a bit all over the place. Yeah, they should all have a release date. <clears throat> so that's weird. I'm a bit of a tard when it comes to iTunes. Actually, he's calling it iTunes. So he is. <laughs> I'm a bit of a tard when it comes to iTunes. And I don't know if there's something I can do on my end or not. I also have a OCD and feel like I have to have everything categorized. How do you categorize your podcast in iTunes? Uh, keep up the craziness, or as JP puts it, keep it real. Hey, just rely, <laughs> rely. From Grumpy Old Owl. Uh, Rely on your ADD and forget about it. They all should have release dates. I'm not sure why the Jamil shows wouldn't have release dates. And uh, that you can sort them by date when you find out that, in fact, they do have dates. You can just no. click on the date field up top. There's several categories, right? And you just yep. click on the date yeah. field. That's correct. Other than that, I can't help you because I don't use iTunes either. iTunes blows. Yeah. I mean, we use it because it's the major, you know, that's where everybody finds their podcast, but... It blows. It fucking sucks for organizing stuff like that. Yeah, so if you really want to organize things, you're going to have to dig deeper, old L. I'm sorry, dude. Maybe uh, someone just drew a picture of the iTunes interface and taped it to a screen. You have iTunes. He's like, I don't understand. It's not even updating. How, know, do, how you, do I work iTunes? <laughs> if you just show up on, at uh, JP's doorstep on <laughs> Friday afternoon, you'd, yeah. be, you'd, yeah, be, du- you'd be done by Saturday afternoon. Oh, easily. And then uh, you go home. All right, what do we else we have here? Uh, Christian writes in, I know the change in studio and schedule in general have been hectic lately, but I can't be speaking for my, uh, just myself and asking for more lunch meat. <laughs> Suck at JP, but in an abnormally good way. Christian from D.C. Abnormally good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we're getting a lot of talk I don't for care. lunch meat. And actually... I don't care. I do have a uh, request for uh, someone to sponsor it. An actual sponsor who's considering paying money... How if much? this person, uh, we haven't talked money. Yet. I've always said it's triple the cost of everything else, <laughs> um, but only if we let the sponsor be on the show. Oh God, that's yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. It feels like you guys could get some gay-related sponsors for lunch meat with the whole rainbow motif. You know, who's the sponsor? I I shouldn't. I'll I'll, I'll tell you off the air. All right, let me turn the microphones off. Okay. <laughs> All right, go ahead and tell. All right, me. Boston Brewing Company. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, imagine yeah. that. Yeah, they'd be Augie like, uh, Bush. Yeah. Old Jim is like, I really like it. <laughs> I'd have to be on the show. I like regularly? Uh, yeah. No, no, no way. Well, because they enjoy the show and you they want to do it. Well, that, no, that takes all the magic out of it being regular. I like the, like, we're doing 
There's only one sponsor I can think of that I would allow to be on the show. Yeah. And I doubt that's the person asking. Yeah, you're right. If they could do it. You're right. Yeah, fuck His head would have to be huge. Fuck no. You just keep taking their money and canceling on it. Yeah, we'll we'll get to it next week. Can't do it this week. Sorry. (laughs) That being said, I am considering that this Friday might be a good day for lunch meat. I think it'd be a great day for lunch. You think? Oh, the Olympics. What's the end of the Olympics, right? Yeah. It's the end of the Olympics. Right. So we might as well do the Olympics. The beginning of the Olympics. Yeah. Doc ain't working. I think I'm... Doc ain't working. On no, Friday? No, no. Yeah, but yeah, but you got the peeps you got the family back home on Friday though. Doc don't care. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when when Doc's on uh, on parade. This he is speaks Monday for himself by about himself in the third person. <laughs> this is Monday Doc. Doc can be there. Yeah. Friday Doc might give Doc a huge fuck, but Monday Doc doesn't. No, Friday Doc's good. <laughs> yeah. Friday Doc good. <laughs> Friday Doc fine iTunes. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Friday Dog Program iTunes. <laughs> All right. Um, Categorize. Last one. Uh, suck a dick. All right. Um, <clears throat> I am not. I am not you. Target demographic. No. I'm a conservative Republican from iTunes. I don't brew beer. <laughs> Hell, I don't even like beer. I've never tried Cousin, but I love your show. My <laughs> boss John is a huge beer fan. Custom built a pub in his garage. Uh, that all his neighbors love. They pull, they pooled their money and have a pretty cool homebrew system. So he got into listening to your show at work. So we both listened to it, starting with the very first ones, working our way uh, to more recent ones. I've really enjoyed getting kind of time lapse glimpse of your show. It's awesome how far your show has come. The interaction between you guys is the reason I enjoy your show so much. <laughs> I hardly ever know what you're talking about on your show, but I still have fun listening to your show. <laughs> Keep up the great work on your show. I added some of those on you. <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning. Yeah. What a nice man, though. He it is awesome. he likes the show, but he has, hates B. Doesn't I, I know she didn't put no, any like, cool. periods or pauses. In case in you there. don't know what I'm talking about, I'm uh, talking about your show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On uh, That's cool. That's it weird. Is. I don't know yeah. why you'd li- You know, I can get some of the other parts of the show. You know, the parts everybody, all the beer guys complain about. Right. But what do you do during the beer interview? Which... Tends to go for like two hours. Yeah. What do you do then when you're not a beer guy? Oh, I don't know. Oh, what do you do during the meltdown if you're not even a drunk? <laughs> well, he didn't oh, say he might he be a drink. Oh, I, yeah, he didn't say that part. Yeah. He just said he didn't he like beer. Beer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just drinks Johnny Walker Black. <laughs> he's just drunk <laughs> when he does. <laughs> I don't know, but to like figure out the feedback email, I don't know. I thought it was pretty neat. Pretty nice uh, heart warmer. Right. Either yeah. that or I have heartburn. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, you know, we were talking about Cascale today and different beers that you uh, might be able to brew to do Cascale at home. Well, if you want to design a recipe uh, to make an English Cascale, you should be using Beersmith uh, Brewing Software. You can go to Beersmith.com right now and get your free 21-day trial. They've got their newest version out, by the way. And uh, for 21 days, you can try it out, see if it's any good. You know, I might go brew with Doc tomorrow, and I bet he's using Beersmith on that uh, recipe kit. Um, So go check it out, Beersmith.com. Uh, Brad over there is a good guy. I did a podcast with him not too long ago where we gave the dirty secrets of the BN over there. And he does a whole podcast series also where he interviews a lot of good brewers and uh, people in the industry to talk about what they're doing. Um, He also has a recipe site and you can now actually share recipes um, all through the Beersmith.com website. So go over to Beersmith.com, check it out. And if you're not using that as your recipe software, I don't know what's wrong with you. But you don't have to take my word for it because you get a free 21-day 
trial. So go check it out on your next uh, brew date. Use it side by side with your other uh, brew softwares. That's how I did it when I used it the first time. Mm-hmm. I had you know I, I opened it up on the software I was familiar with, and I and I brought it. I, I punched my recipe into the Beersmith software, mm-hmm. and uh, because you, you you do there is a learning curve. You got to figure it out. Yeah. But it took me one brew session, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. I, I'm in it to win it. So uh, free 21-day trial. So if, if it doesn't work for you, uh, you're not out anything. Go to beersmith.com right now. Check it out. But this time I used it for uh, just a real simple wheat recipe. Just yeah. to throw it in there. And I had never used the uh, yeast starter. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. They have a yeast, the yeast starter tool in there, and I and I opened that one up, and I used it for that. How'd you like it? Oh, nice. It's good. Yeah. It, it's pretty all around. I mean, the guy, it's a full-time gig for Brad, so he's spending all his time uh, developing that software and answering your questions and make sure it's right. So He does a lot of stuff, and I, you know, I know how to make a yeast starter, but I thought I'd just use it through him and just so I'd have a record of it, too. Yeah. It worked out great. Yeah. Cool. Like it. All right. Check it out. Check it out. <laughs> I think we have some beer news. Today. Nah, really? Beer news, but I think I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to be able to play a, a bumper for that. Oh, beer news. Just play some real bad music. It'll be the same thing. Oh, the booth isn't working that great yet. Oh, it's also because I have her microphone on. Well, and she's just closing the door. Let's see what happens if I turn the microphone off. Damn it! Where's your? Uh, I think she's whispering. Susie, are you whispering? <laughs> How cool is that? You call triple eight four zero one beer. Hi, it's Hi, Susie. What are you doing, Susie? I'm oh, going. Oh. <laughs> are you wearing pants? Oh, I like pants. Why aren't you wearing pants? I'm not. Oh! <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know what she's doing. That was disturbing. Oh, you turned Doc's mic off. <laughs> Damn it, why don't I have your news thing, Moscow? thought it was in this thing. <laughs> Doc, is there a, a latch on your mic that maybe you turned off? Oh, I turned down the wrong one. I turned down uh, him instead of... Uh, maybe it was try. the right one. Keep yeah. talking now, Susan. Let's see. Oh, it's good. It's not in the microphone. It's not that, but... Well, and she, the door... Oh, the door the, is closed now. Yeah, she had the door open, but... But we haven't even time. insulated it yet, yeah. Doc, and uh, we still can barely hear her. Yeah. And I don't think you'd hear yeah. it at all in the microphones. I like yeah. that. We barely hear her. <laughs> Soon it'll, it'll be real airtight. It'll be fine. Oh, she's running out of oxygen. Look, she's turning blue. <laughs> <laughs> That's strange. She's giggling into oblivion. I must have your thing here somewhere, Moscow. Must be here. That, that, that. JP, you want to you want to just do it? I I, I can I can do it. Found it. Oh shit! <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right, let's do uh, some beer news and and um, and before we do, uh, oh, oh, oh. beer news is brought to you today by Bomberg Beer Me. You know uh, Stu Stewart, who does the Belgian beer me. He also of does course. the Bomberg trips. He was telling us about that last time we were on the air. Um, our friend Stu Stewart at Bomberg Beer Me does beer tours of Bomberg, Germany, offering two tours each uh, year to the largest concentration of breweries in the world. And it, he was talking about it uh, when he was on, and it really made me want to go to Bomberg, actually. Uh, the Spring Beer Garden Tour of Bomberg, uh, Rausch Beer, and beyond, and the Fall Bach Beer Tour Whoa. of Bomberg, which Doc would be into because it probably includes goats. And it rhymes with Doc. Uh, yeah. Bach. Doc, it's all cute. Bomberg, there's no place like it. Also, be sure to like Bomberg Beer Me on Facebook for the latest news and images. And I saw some of the images uh, from that party, too, and it looks like a good time. So uh, I myself would like to do a little bit of Bomberg Beer Me. 
Uh, go check it out at uh, BombergBeerMe.com. Uh, Is that from the back when you're Bomberg Beer You? From right. the back? <laughs> right. right. Like the Olympics. There, CNN 5. From the International News Center in Pacheco, California. Oh, here's no, what's no. on tap in the world of beer. You gotta change that. Yeah. We right. don't let Moscow come to Martinez. Yeah, he's still in Pacheco. Yeah. So that's where our news center is. On location. Our friends at uh, Pilsner Urkel, they announced today the winners of its 2012 Master Homebrewer Competition uh, at events in New York City and Chicago. As per usual, homebrewers were tasked with uh, recreating the uh, oh. Czech style pills for yeah. in 1842. There was 88 competitors. Two claimed the title of Pilsner or Calmaster homebrewer. Two. The winners were William Posniak of Cinnamonson, New Jersey, and Jeff Lewis of Hilliard, Ohio. Wow. Yeah, each of them get a trip to uh, Pilsen. Uh, like, I heard about this yeah. homebrew competition. Yeah. And it's a, they've been doing it for a couple of years now. When Pilsner yeah. or Kel sponsored our beer TV show, they also launched this competition. But um, I don't even think the two entities knew about each other. No, that, no, or else it would have been uh, awesome. But I like this idea that a homebrewer goes and, and, and brews a Pilsner, and then the Pilsner or Kel people vote and, and pick a winner. Because yeah. it's a tough style to brew. And, and I'm a fan of the Pilsner or Kel style. Uh, that fresh Pilsner or Kel is an awesome beer. But what's with two winners? Yeah, I think that's uh, cheating. What are we? What is this? T-ball? Maybe they think America's very sensitive to. <laughs> that's right, David. They're like T-ball. They are, and everyone got a participation trophy. <laughs> yeah, it's very <laughs> important. What surprises and two me? People won out of eighty-eight. Right, the odds are really, really good. And by the way, you're clearly that. not advertising on the Brewing Network yep. if you're only getting 88 entries. Right. Shit, we could have done that just in the in the insider. <laughs> just insider. <laughs> right. I mean, that's ridiculous. What are they doing wrong with this contest? In fact. Who has heard about this contest except for us because it was an internal thing that we were working right. with Pilsner or Kel? I didn't hear about it. You did, Doc didn't even hear about it. What are they doing wrong? Everything. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, how can you be Pilsner or Kel and get 88 entries? It should be Pilsner No Tell. We need to call them and tell them, look, I guarantee you double that or your money back. That's easy. Done. Well, yeah. then we should stop talking about it now. Forget yeah. whatever. We it said. didn't strike me as I as I put this story together. But yeah, you're right. Eighty eight is pathetic it's for ridiculous. a nationwide yeah. nationwide. Is, no. You know, Sam Adams gets. I don't. It, uh, Tasty. Sam Adams gets quadruple that in the Bay Area. Right? Yeah, they'll get three hundred and fifty per for one of each of the per region. region. So yeah. how do, how does Sam Adams more. promote that comp- their homebrew competition? Uh, for well, uh, they do some TV spots. Okay. They do do TV yeah. spots, and for one year they Doo-doo. did it on here also. But yeah, they do it right on television. Pilsner, where are they even telling people about this? Hey, might, might it be the judging thing where they only have so many judges, so they only can let so many in? Yeah, someone's uh, messaging me and saying they actually limit the number of entries. Yeah, because maybe they, maybe they just don't have the judging capability. Well, they to should do fix it. it if you're going to spend money to do this and make it a promotional tool. Fucking do it. They did one, he said, they did one out here in D.C. and it was the first 20 to sign up. That's stupid. Is it maybe like, oh, we, we yeah. need to make it feel exclusive or something? Is it like four regions, 20 uh, or 40? I was going to say, yeah. if 20 were in D.C., that's already a quarter of them. Yeah, and, and uh, either way, you should be, you know, it doesn't matter if you limit the number of entries. Yeah. I'm sure it's just to gauge the popularity of the of the contest, you know, to see if they want to grow it. But It is a gay contest. It up, You're right. It up to everybody, man. <laughs> Yeah. Stupid. 
All right, anyway, so two dudes won. What do they get? They get the uh, the trip to uh, Pilsen, and they're going to uh, get to brew a batch of beer with uh, the brewmaster over there, Vlaklav Burka. Mm-hmm. So I guess they'll just sort of stand there while Vok- Vaklov does his thing. While he pushes the buttons. Yeah. And then I wait. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Go make some barrels. We have to put it in something. <laughs> a new study reports that beer is an excellent recovery beverage for marathon runners, but the beer was only effective if it was non-alcoholic. So so what they did, it was researchers at uh, Technical University of Munich. Shocking. Right. So to study it, what they did is they, they had healthy male runners, mostly in their early 40s, who were training for the Munich Marathon, yeah. drink a bunch of beer. Half the group got alcohol-free beer. The other half got a placebo, and like no one knew who was drinking what. The men drinking the non-alcoholic beer reported far fewer illnesses than the runners that had the placebo, and they showed a lot uh, less inflammation, lower counts of white blood cells, etc. So they... Better immune system, they were able to perform better uh, in, in the marathon. Of course, I, I'd like to know what was inflamed. <laughs> You're right. Me too. <laughs> Their sense of national pride. Wait a minute. I don't know. So I you got a bunch of guys in Munich drinking beer, and nobody knows which one had the NA beer. And which one did it. <laughs> Good point. Well, and, and the way you said it, we didn't know whether they gave him a bunch of beer and made him run. Or made him run and then <laughs> yeah. gave him a bunch of beer. I'm picturing them on treadmills with like diodes attached yeah, to their forehead. Of you course. know, yeah. I used to help perpetuate a rumor, and but I did it because I believed in it, and I just never looked it up. I just thought, oh, that makes sense to me. That uh, you know how run, marathon runners, you know, there's all the people holding out the cups, the and cups you just grab whatever, the yeah. cups, and it's always like water. I always, you know, I heard somewhere that like it was that in some places it's beer, like you can grab because because the carbs. Because you always yeah. see them spit it out, Car- and I was like, oh yeah, of course it's beer. That makes sense. I used, right. to, I used to tell people that all the time. I never run a marathon in my life, but I'd walk around going, oh yeah, there's marathon. Marathon runners, they they those cups, beer. It's beer. <laughs> I, you've seen on television. That's beer. But more than half the time, they just splash it on their face. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah, it's well, beer. they have a drinking problem. It makes me break <laughs> through that wall every time. <laughs> exactly. But if you think about it, is it does make logical sense? You know, a cup of beer. How will we try that? We'll go out and run, carb loading. We're gonna go out and run a one k and see how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna answer that call, Suze? Oh no! That's on hold. Really? That's that red thing. Oh, I, I had my button. Minutes. I had my button covered. It, oh, don't cover your button. His name is Jamil. He said he was online <laughs> for feedback. Really? Really? <laughs> His name is Jamil. Jamil. <laughs> he wants to answer the feedback. Jamil anymore. wouldn't stay on hold that long. Uh, Jamil. Hey. Hey, Jamil. What's happening? <laughs> How's it going, brother? How are you, dude? What's happening? Uh, good, good. I'm uh, just uh, enjoying the show. I love, I love the move to Monday nights. Uh, I think it should be uh, a full time thing. You're the only one, Jamil. No, yes. he's just that he's, there's two of us. No, that's true. You and Justin. I love this idea that Jamil has to move it yeah. to Mondays permanently. Boo! Right, a massive one. And then I could come down to the show more often. See. Here now, here now, Jamil is in the demographic of my concern, though, because I know he's a football fan. Mm-hmm. The concern arises is what happens during football season, Jamil. Well, the Chiefs are always going to lose, so it doesn't matter. I see. I could just smell well, the slippery slope here. Pretty soon, it's going to be Tuesday and Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Come on, where's it going to stop? But really, we have to Here's compete. The thing about Monday Night Football. Yeah. Now, Monday Night Football used to be great. And really now, Sunday night football is great, and Monday night football is really, you know, moved to... Uh, just say it. Uh, just say it. Cheesy crap. Okay. Perfect. So fans are looking for an so. alternative anyway. Exactly. Is, is what you're saying. Like Mondays are they don't mind recording it. Yeah, I love this. 
Hey. And then since we bottle every Monday, I could just bring some beer with me from the bottling right to the studio. You know what? I turned the corner. I'm all about the Monday night See? broadcast. It gets better all the time. I still say that. no. Yeah. Kippy says no. You can't move D&D to Tuesday? You're kidding me. Oh, everyone who plays has a family. And the Wednesday, only, the only Thursday. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. D&D, man. We've tried. Hold on, hold on. D&D, We've tried. D&D people have a family? family? What? Yeah. <laughs> they do yeah. That? Doesn't that require intercourse? Everyone has family and kids. Everybody okay. calls bullshit. I'm going to take off Tuesdays then. See, Doc's moving his day off. There <laughs> we work. go. It'll work. Now, speaking of Jamil's beer, have you guys tried his... Uh, Grammarie? We're drinking yeah. it right now? Yep. Are you drinking it right now? Are you drinking it right now? Have some. The Grammarie Tasty is, was kind enough to bring us some. What do you call it, Jamil? Is this your session IPA? Is that what you call it? Wow. Yeah, session pale ale. Session, session pale ale. This beer yeah, is... I'm drinking it right now. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. It's all right. Now I'm an evil twin. Fan. Delicious. I've been evil twin all the way since they opened. All right, it's a great that, beer. that's my beer. Um, Gray Marais. Oh man, it's right there now. It's creeping up on my evil twin fandom. I'm telling you, I like the name Evil Twin better, but I like this beer better than all the other heretic beers besides Tafel Bully. It's an awesome, awesome beer. Yeah, it's fantastic. That rye spiciness is right there. There's a lot of hop flavor. You can actually drink a lot of it. It's not a shitty IPA. It's great. What's the whole idea behind this beer, Jamal? I just gave it to you. Oh. Uh, (laughs) We're kind of getting tired of drinking beers at 7%, 8%. So I'm like, well, we've got to make something lower alcohol that I can drink Right. more often. But it has so, all the flavor. Uh, yeah, we just figured we'd do it. Yeah. Oh, it's got a ton of flavor. It now, just, uh, turned out really nice. Our our us beer guy, a beer yes. nerds, we get it. But is everybody else getting it? Are they? Are they? How's it doing? Uh, you know, I think the distributors were a little slow on the uptake. They're kind of like, well, yeah, you know, four point four percent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll we'll be ordering some of that. All right, right. And um, what's you know, I think the consumer will will get it. There's a lot of you know beer geeks that are looking for. I, every time I go, you know, somewhere like Beer Revolution, I look to see what's the lowest alcohol thing they got on the board, and then I you know start with that and very slowly work my way through their low alcohol pints so I can enjoy a few. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. Oh. So, yeah. yeah, I just, I, you know, every once in a while, I want something a little easier to drink, something I can just, uh, you know, have a few of. I made this beer for me. The thing is, if you didn't exactly. tell me it was lo- what I, I like. I'll end up drinking most of it. <laughs> if you didn't tell me it was low alcohol and you just gave it to me, I would have just thought, wow, what another great pale ale. Yeah. That's what I like about it. Is yeah, that, you know, it tastes like a 5.5% beer. It's really nice. You could use it as a placebo in a German running experiment. <laughs> you know. So where's, where's the name Cram Mary come out of it? <laughs> Cram Cram Mary. that he saw in his bachelor party. It comes from what, what was happening when I was drinking eight percent beers all the time. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's a special I find form of diarrhea. Cramming Mary. And, yeah. You wake up in the morning. Ah, oh, shit! I crammed Mary again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ron, the, whole reason, the whole reason I called was um, now she's I wanted to give you guys some, some feedback on the uh, on the Sunday session. Okay, go ahead, please. You know, I, I've been uh, you know really busy, and I kind of fell behind on listening to the Sunday session. I don't know, I was a year or two behind. 
And, uh, you know, recently I, I downloaded some shows and, uh, you know, I started listening to them on, on long plane flights and drives and things like that. And, uh, no homo. I was really <laughs> so, so, so enjoying the shows and just, uh, you know, everything you guys are doing and the entertainment value, the information value, just, uh, it's a, it's a fantastic way to spend time. And I really, I just forgot how much I really loved listening to the Sunday session and, uh, wow. I mean the Monday session. Right. And, uh, thank you. I just, uh, you know, I, I don't want to, uh, and go on too long, but I just, uh, I had to tell you, I really, really enjoy it. And, uh, I'm really thrilled. And if you guys are you're still taking donations for the, uh, rest of the crew there, uh, let's see, you guys have what, six people, uh, yeah. working tonight? That's, yeah. That's Justin? Yeah. Uh, put, put me down for like, uh, 20 bucks a piece. Put me down for 120. Wow. Oh, that's very generous. Are we still taking donations? We'll do it tonight. It, All right. it, it had fizzled out because people weren't responding, but Jamil just started the pool at 120 bones. Everything you donate during the show tonight will go toward the uh, six members of the crew that are not me. And uh, if you do it, I'll give every penny to them. And, uh, wow, Jamil, that's nice of you. And Jamil and I talk about our shows, too, and uh, most of the time it's making fun of each other. Uh, <laughs> so it's very nice. I, I've always respected uh, Jamil's opinion, uh, especially about our content, because... Because uh, we have none. Well, the man knows what he's talking about. So it's not, so that is a, a great compliment for me. Yes. Thank you, Jay-Z. I appreciate it. I'm glad you're enjoying the shows, man, while you travel. Can I trade my 20 bucks for uh, Heretic Beer Credit? No, Moscow just wants Heretic Beer Credit. Yeah. Heretic beer credit? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. Uh, I'll get back to you. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> Sounds like more work. <laughs> All right, Jay-Z. Thank you, brother. Hey, thank you. You guys keep up the good work. Will do. Cheers, hey, man. Hey, you too. There you go. I'm Mill. He gets drunk of the week. Yeah, he must be drunk, liking us, giving us money, giving us money and stuff, and praise. How much of that cranberries he been drinking? I know cranberry. He's calling another podcast right now. You know what I really like about the Car Talk podcast? (laughs) I forgot how good you. Your content is just so great. Do you take donations? (laughs) I like Jay Z. Wants to switch to Mondays. Mm, Nope. He has no yeah. say in it. He's not even on the show. You don't have any say in it either. I'm on the show. It doesn't matter. Saying. Well, if it doesn't matter, I'll do <laughs> either Sunday. here nor there. I'll do the Sunday show. Sunday. Yeah. I'll just sit in here for three hours. Listen, if you had like, uh, you know, okay. We're if, not if, just if your mother came back to life every uh. Monday night, <laughs> I would consider not moving it to Mondays. <clears throat> That's about the extent of really? the. But. I'm the not, only thing in my life that brings me joy and happiness, you're going to take it away? I'm not not moving the show for Dungeons and Dragons night. It's not. It could be any night. It can't. It can't. We right. have a good thing going on Sunday already. Yeah. There's, there's Everyone so, has approval don't. from their wives hey, to hey, come. Let's look at it this way. Those guys have nothing else to do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Believe me. On any other when day. You know they do. When you tell them it's going to be Wednesday, they're all going to make it work. They will, they will cry. It. They're all going to make tell it work. Tell you what. We'll put you in here collecting your full paycheck on a Sunday night. <laughs> right. It's going to work. Great. 
It's going to work. Trust me. They're all going to hey. figure it out because they can't live without D&D. Why don't you invite them in here and you can do Dungeons & Dragons <laughs> on the air? Yeah, well, I'll just, we'll put you down there. Oh, that'd be great. And we'll go to our Dungeons & Dragon, Dragons segment of every show. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now D&D talk with JP. <laughs> well, I don't know why you didn't just flank him and then that way he'll take a negative two. But if you're on the chair... And then get on the table, then it's a negative three D. Wow. And that was D and D talk with JP. Dude, no, no, take take the six hit exactly. points on your sword, no. man. I rolled it. Upgrade two. the sword. Oh boy! All right, what else you got, Mosk? Here's some fun beer statistics. Oh, we're still doing beer news. In a national <laughs> survey of homebrew supply shops, uh, the BA found that gross revenue grew 16 percent from 2009 to 2010, and again from 2010 to 2011. Uh, additionally, the number of homebrew clubs oh. in the U.S. now stands at 1,100, which is a huge increase from 700 in 2007. So the BN though is slowly absorbing all homebrew clubs, right? So it, that number will reduce slowly, slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, right now, about half the people buying the beginners kits are under the age of 30. So it's a, a, a we already know this, but a, a young hobby for the most part. Most of the other half are over the age of 50. So not a lot in between the 20 somethings and the uh, older dudes. Okay. Yeah. I've uh, seen that. 23% increase in membership uh, in the uh, Homebrewers Association in just the last year. And uh, last year's Homebrewers Conference saw more than 50% growth over the previous year and uh, sold out in less than 48 hours, as you guys know. So, yeah, big, big growth, big time, explosive numbers. Is anybody else high as shit from the paint fumes in this room? Uh, uh, it's the burning refinery, too, man. I'm high <laughs> as hell. This is great. <laughs> I mean, I haven't. Listen. I don't know. I came in high. <laughs> <laughs> kind of smelled like solvent on the sidewalk out in front, that, too, that, man. I, I swore I took a shower. We just got the studio painted, and it just mm-hmm. hit me right now. Like, really? It's all I can smell. It's all going mm. down my throat. You want to mm. fart? High as fuck. Maybe you shit paint for a while. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got, Mosk? Uh, the California governor, Jerry Brown, he signed a bill that ensures that beer aged in used wooden barrels will continue to be tax license regulated and labeled as beer. Yeah, which, I saw uh, that. Yeah, it was kind of an issue because, um, well, the VA sponsored the bill due to concerns that the current law creates legal ambiguity on how wooden barrel aged beers are to be defined and categorized uh, for purposes of taxation and regulation because basically they could be considered distilled spirits and thus taxed at a much higher rate. Um, they might also be regulated as distilled spirits, and because of the licensing mandates, a beer manufacturer would therefore not be allowed to make barrel-aged beers. So Which luckily, was, no longer an issue. And it's good that that passed. It was a big stupid thing. Basically, the idea was that now that brewers were putting their stuff in Belgian, or not Belgian, in, in barrels, that may or may not have a puddle of whiskey left at the bottom right. of them. Yes. That now we're adding alcohol. We're actually adding distilled spirit to our beer. You're so it should be, yeah, so it yeah. should be regulated as such. And not not just a puddle at the bottom, but in the wood, there's the wood, a few shots. Which would have ruined uh, barrel-aged beer more. in California, because the, the taxation, it just goes up to a whole other... Or, okay, level. let's put it this... There, I get really pissed off when they want to tax, tax, tax. Because they're taxing twice. They yeah. already taxed the guys that are producing the whiskey, and now they want to tax it again because that whiskey is not the whiskey that comes out. It's the whiskey that goes in. Right. And now, just because a little bit extra from the barrel goes into the beer, they're going to tax it again. Even right. Though, even, or, or regulate it because it's 1% more or 2% more. Typically two. I'll tell you a tax I'd support. Tax D&D Monday. Hey. You know? Hey. Uh, no yeah. taxation without representation. I want a, a full membership to whatever board you're you're on. <laughs> yeah, that's what I throw. I know my rights. Down on. 
Yeah, I'm glad that. So, so the so the governor basically said, "Hey, we're going to leave it alone, right?" Yeah, which is shocking Good. because you know the California governor. You would think he'd never bet a tax he didn't like, but in this case, he <laughs> said, uh, "No can do." Well, Scott just got 80 years old right there. <laughs> you think you he think- never saw a tax he didn't like? <laughs> hey, were, were you around when he was governor the first time? <laughs> oh yeah, back when Taft was in office. <laughs> no, when he was dating Linda Ronson. Yeah, in the, yeah, he, he, he was governor in the 70s, wasn't he? Was he banging Linda? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, real hard. <laughs> like, said he was a pretty good, good I was a little yeah. pissed off about He was, he was right? cramming her. He was word. cramming Ronstadt. That's that's the new heretic beer. Cramstadt. <laughs> no, uh, that was Alan Cramstadt. <laughs> I see. All right. Anything else, Mosky? Uh, I got one more. Another another governor uh, doing good things for beer. In this case, for Mississippi. The governor okay. there, Phil Bryant, he signed a law, uh, a bill into law that raises the alcohol by weight to 8%. So by volume, like that's about 10.1. Okay. So yeah, that w- that bill went into effect July 1. And uh, so now there's a much uh, wider variety of uh, craft beer available in Mississippi. So enjoy. Love it. All right, don't forget that was brought to you by Bomberg Beer Me, our good friend Stu Stewart. Go yeah. check him out and do yourself a trip to Bomberg. All right, let's take a very quick break. When we come back, Drunk of the Week, and then we're out of here. And Terrence the Black is back in the studio. So uh, Why? Must be they, done. They didn't let you out of uh, Martinez? I thought we locked the door. <laughs> Secession. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. This summer, Reed Antis from New York won fully paid tuition to the 2012 World Brewing Academy Concise Course in Brewing Technology thanks to Lalamon and Dansar and their 2012 Beer School Contest. It was so much fun, they're doing it again. Announcing Danstar's Beer School 2013 Contest. From now until December 13th, 2012, every time you use Lalamond or Danstar Premium Brewing Yeast, your empty packet is your entry for a chance to win a professional brewing course in the Beer School 2013 contest, Lalamond will sponsor two lucky winners, one professional brewer and one home brewer in a random drawing for fully paid tuition to the 2013 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth nearly $4,000. This course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Get your official entry form and rules at danstaryeast.com. Get brewing with the dry yeast advantage from Lalamond and Danstar. Visit danstaryeast.com. When Michael Fairbrother started Moonlighting, he had no idea how quickly his dream was going to grow. Having homebrewed for 15 years, Michael decided to go pro, but not with beer. While attending his homebrew club meetings, he saw ladies knocking their men out of the way to try his mead. Moonlight Meadery is now two years old and can produce 200,000 bottles a year. It's the first New Hampshire winery to ever distribute to California and Australia. In fact, you can find Moonlight Meadery Meads in Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine, Rhode Island, Vermont, and New Hampshire. And they ship direct to 17 states. They produce 56 different varieties of mead and are unlike anything you've ever seen on the market. Michael Fairbrother at Moonlight Meadery is a real success story that can make the BN Army proud. Visit Moonlight Meadery in Londonderry, New Hampshire or online at MoonlightMeadery.com. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. 
I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified beer server, certified Cicerone, and master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Did you know the Brewing Network's very own Code Writing Fool's son, Ryan Wolf, has opened a beer mecca in Missouri? The Wolf Brow House of Beer has hundreds of beers from all over the world and is conveniently close to I-70 in St. Peter's. Free tastings, Saturdays, 4 to 6 p.m., featuring special guests from local breweries. The best build-your-own six-pack around with every style represented. And kegged craft beer available for your kegerator, too. There's always something new at the Wolf Brow House of Beer. New and hard to find beer every week. No two visits are the same, just like passing out at the Rat Pad. Hi, this is Ryan from Wolfbrow House of Beer. Mention the Brewing Network when you stop in for some cool free stuff. Mention JP for a swift kick in the ass. The Wolfbrow House of Beer. Beer with personal service from a member of the BN Army. This is code. Visit my son's shop or I'll yank the fuck BN website down. www.wolfbrow.com Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah, some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Brewcasters <laughs> <laughs> are back. Welcome back. 888-401-BEER. You can call in for Drunk of the Week. And Bevo is just joining us now in the studio. She's hanging out. Hi. What's up, Bev? Enjoying your night off? Yes. Now, Bevo is not with her big boobs out all over the place. Boo. But. A third of the way. Still looking super hot, Bev. Yeah, uh, usually I just focused on the boobs. So sometimes when you put them away, we remember that the rest of you is hot. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so well done. Not Eve. if I keep eating deep fried Oreos. That oh, might not help. Oh, wow. is that what, hella good. Is that what you just ate for uh, dinner? Well, yes. <laughs> deep fried Oreos. No, that was dessert. But yeah, yes. Lord. Dinner I was deep fried Twinkies. I could finish them all, though. I had a bell beefer for dinner. Oh, you no, only not Twinkies. 18 that's, of that's them? That's too much. I only ate four sorry. of them. What does a deep fried Oreo look like? Um, is it all breaded? Like is a it? hush puppy. Yeah, it looks like a big hush puppy. Like yeah. a hush puppy. It sounds <laughs> disgusting. See, tasty now. <laughs> I've been over there. I, I've been a creek monkey. I've seen. Oh, so tasty. So my uh, my nephew. I've never had one myself. I see people eat them. So. Oh, sure. Mm. So my uh, it kills my beer palate. My five year old nephew's been in town all week. My brother and everything, and we're doing a bunch of housework. I have my Volkswagen open because I had tools in there, so kind of coming in and out of it. My nephew likes to play in the bus. 
Playhouse. He's like, hey, can I go play in the bus, Uncle Justin? Sure, go ahead. He comes out about five minutes later, and I'm not paying attention because I'm working on something with my dad. And he goes, Uncle Justin, Uncle Justin, can I eat this? <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm like, can I eat this candy? The cookie. And I'm like, um, let me see it. What is it? He brings it up. <laughs> Got a little tasty logo on it. A little foil-wrapped tasty cookie. And I'm like, no! Absolutely not. Well, Do not eat anything that you find in the Volkswagen. Now give me that cookie. <laughs> with that cookie. At least he, a good kid, though, right? Good At least there. he asked because his parents wouldn't have been too happy. No. We were doing a bunch of yard work that day. It was like about the middle of the day. Probably would have killed him. Oh, the kid would have been like... Oh, no, he'd have been fine. No, no. Mom. <laughs> they've been tested. That tree that you are trimming is amazing. <laughs> Why are you cutting it, man? It's alive. Oh, I'm you're so hurting it. hungry. You're cutting the arms off Mr. Tree. Mom, can I have more Doritos? <laughs> <laughs> Again. Oh, my God, Mom. That hole that you're digging, it's so amazing. I'm flying. Can I have more Doritos? <laughs> I'm yeah. going to eat the tree, dude. Mom. I'm a beaver. I'm tired. <laughs> I just really... Can I just lay here on the sidewalk? But can, could you get me some Doritos? <laughs> you know what I really want to do is filter beer right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you start saying all sorts of weird things. Uh, yeah. Uh, can I have some Doritos? I gotta turn her microphone off. That's a problem. I gotta get her a mute in that. Uh, she doesn't have a on-off switch. Or no, it's a temporary <laughs> microphone right now. That's horrible. So looks like we're getting drunk of the week calls. Whatever. No, good. I'm in there. You know, I'm not gonna have to use the mi- the mute switch anyway. Well, yeah. So. All right, let's go to uh, Sean the Cat Unicycler <laughs> calling in for drunk of the week. <laughs> That's so creepy. Is that really a nickname? I love it. <clears throat> hey, Sean, what's happening, man? Hey, how's it going? It's good. You calling in for drunk of the week? You got that right. How drunk are you? You got that right. Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm on a dog vacation here. You're on a I dog vacation? Kid, no, no wife, no kids. Oh, yeah? Where are the wife and kids at? They're, they're uh, visiting family. <laughs> Two feet underground. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love her. <laughs> uh, all right, what have you had to drink tonight? Uh, I've had a couple of porters, had a couple of Berliner Weisses, then I had a, uh... A couple of Berliner Weisses? Yeah. Berliner Weisses. Yeah. Then I got a, a, a pale ale that I, um, bottled Wait. yesterday. Hang on a sec. Are you by yourself? I am right now, yeah. Hey, turn down your speakers in the background, will you? Done. Oh, thanks, dude. Well, don't say done. You didn't do it before you said done. You lied to us. <laughs> How old are well, you? I pushed the button. Take douchery to a whole new level, JP. How old are you, Sean? Old enough. How old are you? <laughs> I'm 34. Wow. I don't. I don't give a shit. I got you beat by a couple of years. So you're not 40 yet, though. How old's your wife? <laughs> Dead silence. Did, did he die? Uh, he doesn't know how to respond properly when his radio's turned off. <laughs> yeah, I can't hear you anymore. <laughs> He's confused now that it's not confusing. <laughs> You done got me confused. <laughs> hey, Sean. Welcome to the show. How you doing? How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you doing? We're doing great. So, uh, how would your... Now, if your wife was home, how would she know that you're drunk tonight? Because I kissed on her. How would she know that I was drunk? Yeah, what would uh, she say to you? I'd smell her panties. Well, she wouldn't say anything because she would be here. And then I wouldn't be drunk. 
Mm. Uh, you don't you don't get drunk around your wife? All right. Yeah, you're not allowed. Not usually. <laughs> she called me a some bitch. <laughs> really? Why she doesn't like it when you get drunk, huh? Well, there's too much to do around the house. <laughs> Jesus. Now see, now people ask me, how can we not married? I you know, do I you know, get married. Well, because yeah, there's too much to do around the house. There's too much to fucking do around the house. Exactly. Oh, I see. All right. All right, well, hey, Sean, yeah, you're in the running for Drunk of the Week, man. Definitely. How long have you been home brewing? Uh, let's see, since about 2009. Or, no, 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 take that back. About 2000. So it's been about 10 years. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> now you're talking math. <laughs> now, do you have to check in on brew day, too? Like, like how do you get brew day in? No, no. I, I get it. I mean, it, it's right on the whole doc schedule. I mean, it's it's basically right. get up early before they wake up, yeah. get it going, get it done before anything actually has to happen. I see. I gotcha. Mm. All right, Sean, you're in the run for drug of the week, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Later, dude. Sounds like a horrible relationship. <laughs> Listen, how awful is that? Fuck that, and, dude. And I don't. And I'm careful to say this because. There's a lot of people that are in this situation. Yeah, that are stuck. But I just don't want that. No. Now I know what you're saying out there. You're going, Well, you don't have kin yet. And you don't you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's you like. You don't have this. Let me tell you what it's like. <laughs> it's like this. You don't put yourself in that situation. Right. Who wants to who I don't know. I, look at maybe he's happy. <coughs> people are happy with what they do. No. They're the, happy. I did don't you hear wanna... the sound in his voice? <laughs> That man is not a happy man. He hasn't been truly happy since 1984. He has no idea what happiness means anymore. I'm all for compromise. All right, it's a two way street. I get. Of course, I understand that. Yeah. But but what's with the permission and the and the? Well, you're not doing that. You know, I have to do it before everybody before there's before anybody wakes up because there's things to do. Yeah. What things? Like, can't you do the things on a schedule? Like, hey, I'll get that done. I I see what needs to be done. I will get it done. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Apparently, all the things come first before you. What but by then, it's like 10 o'clock at night, and it's too right. late to brew. Where do these people get off? Like, nah, you have to do it the way I tell you to do it. You get married too early and too young, dude. Ugh. I don't know. It scares me. That being said, my dad's been married six times. <laughs> I don't know. Who's on, uh, let's see, uh, Nico Brew. Nico Brew? Is it Nico? AK? Yeah, it's Nico Bruin, too. Nico, what's happening, man? Uh, yo, what's up, man? <laughs> what are we an afterthought? What's going on? What? Uh, uh what? Uh. Hi, Nico. <laughs> hey, uh, Nico North here. Nico North? Yeah, uh, Nico's, uh, brother in law slash business partner. Oh, hi, Nico's creepy shadow. Oh, I like this. Did you Woo-hoo! meet? You met Nico North. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Wait, wait. Is Nico? I told him that's how I was going to refer to him. Wait, the dude who's he run- was real quiet. I was introduced as this is my guy who runs the warehouse in. Yeah. Port- yeah. In, in, that's his. He didn't tell me it's his brother-in-law. Yeah. Why did Nico yeah, that me, out? He's telling me. AKA Nico's creepy shadow. I see. Who's very nice. Right. And now that he's drunk, What's he's talking. Up, I didn't hear him say two words at NHC, but now that he's drinking. I never even met the dude. This is you know how I yeah. know he, you know how I know Nico North is drunk? How? He's talking. Yeah, he's speaking. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's great. What have you been drinking? Uh I had a twelve pack of uh 
I had a 12 pack of uh, had a 12 Maui pack. Brewing Company uh, uh, mix pack. Really? A six pack of uh, a six pack of uh, apple cider from uh, I don't know, Mean Apple or some shit like oh, that. Angry and, Orchard. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And I <laughs> ran out of beer, so Mean now apple. I've got two past blue ribbons in right in front of me. When so started with those? When did you start? As soon as the show started. Good oh, my Lord. gosh. Holy crap. How many times have you peed? <laughs> uh, I peed five times, and I threw up on my keyboard once, <laughs> and on myself another time. Pictures, or it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, wow. A 12-pack of Maui? Good Lord. Yeah. How much are you making and over there, Nico Brew North? Do you guys need a social media manager? <laughs> I can't hear what you're saying right now, dude. I'm so fucked up. <laughs> All right, Nico North, you are in the running for Drug of the Week, my friend. What? He's like a, a like a slam. Holy shit, my neighbor just yelled, yeah, <laughs> No, that was your neighbor? He sounds like one of yeah. those sounds like one of those things in, in Lord of the Rings. He sounds like you peeking oh, on the keyboard twenty God. minutes ago. A wraith? Yo, is, J- like a- is JP there? <laughs> yeah. No? Yeah. JP, yo, Jason, we're sending you a t-shirt as soon as I sober up, dude. Can't Woo! wait. <laughs> I need another beer shirt to we're sit in my closet. We're cloning you. Woo! I got your threads. <laughs> Motherfucker. Oh, my God. I can't wait to hear this tomorrow. All right. You're in the running, man. Do you want to sing us a song before you go? You'll be wildly disappointed, oh, so you know. I'm so happy. Cause today I found my friend Jesus. in my head. Yeah! That's all I got to. Yeah, that's pretty good. Now go find a shotgun. All right, Nico North, ladies and gentlemen. He's in the running for Drunk of the Week. Let's go to Aceto back there. What's happening, brother? Oh, he hung up. Yeah, he did. Oh, no, he's there. Is that a C- Oh, it's not Aceto? Who's this one? Oh, sorry. Hang on, Zeus. Who's that? This is Brandon. Hey, Brandon. What's B. happening? Yeah, you can call me B. Yeah, what's up, B? <laughs> what yeah, what's up, B? <laughs> what's up, B? Let's do it, do it. All right. Uh, I don't know. You tell me. You called us, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Here, I got to turn the. Uh, there we go. Turn the computer off. No, don't. That'll just confuse you. <laughs> <laughs> How do we know you're drunk? Because uh, I'm already retarded. Okay. Do you know any NSYNC songs? Um, no, but I, you know I get that mixed up with the back the Backstreet Boys. You know any Backstreet Boys songs? <laughs> no, I get them mixed mm. up with Sunny and Cher. <laughs> you know, like yeah, Sonny and you know, you know. I'm I'm just such a big fan. What have you been drinking? <laughs> um, bleach. I drank a case of natural light. Wait a oh, second. I like that. No, this is our change of pace. A case is 24. Don't encourage him. There's no way you drink 24 natural I, natural lights. There's no way. Are you kidding? Easy. What the hell 30. did you do no, that there's for? There's 30. There's 30. Were you, were you doing it in the context of a game like beer pong or something, or were you just chugging them? I'm just lonely. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not the reason. There's no one to play beer pong. I guess I'd have a truck in natural light. Are you married? Uh, I'm divorced. Recently? Yep. 
She preferred good beer. It was irreconcilable. Ah. No, I uh, homebrew good beer, but uh. <laughs> but you took no, everything, she, so she now preferred, I have to uh, She preferred work. She, she ref- preferred work. She that, preferred John over me. That exactly. bitch. I hate work. Yep. Me too. All right. Were well, you going to go out and get laid now, or you should be in strip clubs or something? What does she do for a job uh, better than you? Uh, she's a professor and uh, an operator. Yeah. So teaching kids is better than being with this guy. <laughs> and we're going to give him a medal? No. Jeff! <laughs> yeah, I want, I want two medals. <laughs> yeah, one for being drunk and one for kicking that bitch to the curb. <laughs> I want two medals just to add extra weight while I drown myself. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. You know. You know. I, I drink a case. So what do I get? What do I get? Well, you drank a lot. It sounds like a lot. <laughs> Besides cirrhosis, oh, nothing, awesome. man. I don't know. Hangover. <laughs> yeah. I think all you're going to end up with is yeah, a really <laughs> shitty hangover. Why did? All right, I'll take it. Do you not have any homebrew on tap? Um, I actually have in. The Spirit of JP and yeah. Imperial IPA. Ugh. Nice. Yep. So why aren't you drinking that yep. if it's so good? <laughs> it actually water. is good, it's, but it's uh, it's sitting on dry hops. I don't even understand. What I will always love you. Anyway, What's up with that? Katy Perry on the phone. It sounds like blobbers on the other line. Uh, yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> it's like another language. Listen, you are in the running for drunk Canadian. Week, my friend. You sound. Are you from Canada? No, I'm from Michigan. <laughs> Same close, thing. close enough. But that's basically Canada, right? Can- At least to you know, if you're in the Bay Area. I have I have seen the map of of North America and and the weird it's weird the border does dip down in a sharp V <laughs> and right about the middle of the country and come right. back up it's fucking weird it is yeah, weird. I, yeah I'm like I'm like Canada's tea bag. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. All right, uh-huh. B. <laughs> What's up, B? All right, so uh, I, I need a medal. Well, you're... <laughs> it's there. Turn around. <laughs> you're like, look, I got nothing else, buddy. I need the medal. <laughs> I got nothing left. Hey, I, don't, I, I, don't, I, only have one, I only have one case of natural light. Come on. And then, um, then I got to go to the Imperial uh, IPA, so... Should we just cut... Should we pre-cut the medal in half for you so your wife can take the other one? <laughs> Yeah. That's that's my ex-wife. No. That's, hey, ex-wife, fucker! <laughs> Get it right. Yeah! Exactly. Right. Exactly. Oh, uh, man. So you failed out of her class, I guess. You nah. did it that way. I think you uh, came out no, of I taught her everything. No, I taught her everything she knows. Really? How, yep. long, how fresh is this wound? How long, go, how long you guys been divorced? Um, separated from, uh, since September... Yeah. And uh, legally divorced recently. You gotten any strange so. yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, are you kidding me? Yep. I'm a fucking sex machine, bro. <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? Fuck that, no. Uh, Fuck that. No, I, I, uh, yep, I got a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm getting it right now. Yeah, fucker. I'm, you can't even hear it? It's happening right now? Yeah. In fact, I'm almost done. <laughs> I finished twice during this phone call. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you guys are taking up my time. Come on. <laughs> All right, brother. You're in the running for Drug of the Week, man. All right. I need a medal. All right. Thanks for the call, dude. Be- All right. Peace out. All right. Peace is in, dude. Peace is always in. 
What am I going to? Uh, four? Hell. Yes. Fierce Beard? Oh, Fierce Beard. Fierce Beard, what's happening? Hey, what's happening? I'm having a pretty good night. <laughs> you sound see, like it. You see, Jip? Fucking Monday works, dude. Yeah, does it? Does it? No, no, like- no, it doesn't. See? Yeah. <laughs> what is your objection to Monday night, Fierce Beard? Uh, well, I usually have to be at work by like 5 o'clock on Monday morning. But today is my birthday. So it just sort of worked out. Which, by the way, has nothing to do with Tuesday morning. <laughs> no, but, no, no, it didn't until until uh, just a couple hours ago, I got a text message from my boss saying that tomorrow I got moved to night shift. Huh? Ah, so, there you go. Uh, so, tonight, I'm free <laughs> to be whatever I want to be. <laughs> And what is it you want to be, Fierce Beard? Drunk of the week. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, I, I I do uh, precision uh, sheet metal farming and fabrication. I see. And also, I operate two giant lasers. Yeah, all right. Hi, <laughs> Beef. See you later. The way you talk, it sounds like one of them hit you in the head recently. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well... I, I operate... No, yeah, yeah. Uh, I get beat up by metal all the time. Yeah, you do. So. Have you only been drinking beer tonight? Only beer. I uh, smoke some well, weed. Well, at least one of them was. Well, maybe a little. <laughs> you drink some booby milk. <laughs> With that laugh, you know he's a stoner. Not, not, not this time. No booby milk. No booby, no booby milk lately. But I did get uh, a big strong beer. I drank a, a, a ruination that I got for my birthday, tenth anniversary. It was like ten eight or something like that. And then what? Did you do it like a bong rip or just like a joint? <laughs> Uh, well, no, it's really mostly like gin and tonics with some friends of mine until they had to all go home because they have to work on Tuesday. Right. Suckers. So then I just went home and like, you know, maybe I burned a little. Maybe I uh, drank some strong beers. Who knows what happened? We're not your mom, bro. You can like come clean. Make cool. Oh, well, maybe I, I rubbed it out a to a little bit I of drink. good porn. I don't know. Yeah. Red Shoe Diaries on on demand, bro. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're not we're not his mom, but everything is alleged these days, JP. Everything, yeah. everything is alleged, suspected. Yeah. Well, that's alleged of you to say. Yeah, you got to be careful. You know when you're going on the record. Right. That's Fierce Beard. <laughs> 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 All right, Fierce Beard, you are in the running for Drunk of the Week. Thanks, man. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, <clears throat> what are we back to, Wes? Oh, this is um, Doc's buddy, our buddy. Wes, what's happening, man? The buddy. How did you know it was me? <laughs> Susie tells me that you and, and gay Kyle burned your clothes in protest when you didn't win Drunk of the Week last week. <laughs> last night, or excuse me, last week, Kyle burned his clothes. And this night, I've spilled an old chub all over my laptop. I was watching the show until about three minutes ago. Yeah, and then your and then your laptop fizzled this night, and, not, and then on this night, and a fortnight ago we tried it fizzled, to win, bro. It fizzled. We burnt all, we burnt all of his clothes and his shoes. Wow. Yeah, 
I was trying to get back so on Ky- to see this shit. So as usual, Kyle's standing there naked in front of you. No, I'm by myself tonight with my dog. I see. Yeah, that's why he spelled, quote, old chub <laughs> all over him. <laughs> right. I, I've done that. It's fine. It come out. What have you been drinking, Wes? What have I been drinking? Do you want me to give you the whole list? Or just no, the give me an idea. Just point out your personal highlights. All right, well, I had a Hub IPA. That's my favorite. Hub this shit. I had a, a New Belgium collaboration with the with Elysian. That, Which is also sort of uh, my favorite, but not quite 12. my favorite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had two old Chubbs cans. Yeah, you did. My and then thing. I had a lime dry rye from Odell. And I'm pretty hammered. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're in the running for drunk of the week, Wes. Ruined. Yeah, no, nope, I, I want to talk to you guys. Well, what, what, why, every, everybody gets like a fucking 45-minute phone call. <laughs> and I'm getting a five-minute. Yeah, they, they don't have a dog to talk to. <laughs> right. But Wes is lonely. He wants to talk, JP. Talk to Wes. Wes, what's up, bro? Jay, Jip. <laughs> what's going on? You know what I think you should do? I think you should cut your hair two inches shorter on one side of your head than the other. And then that way, when people look at you and go, what did you do to your hair? You can just stare at them and go, nothing? Why? And then stare at them real hard. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. See? Maybe yes. 75 inches shorter on one side. This is all Wes needs. He needs a little talk. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I got this song for you, what? Wes. What's that? Here's a song for your loneliness. Are you guys in a God of Davidians? <laughs> yes. So I wrote okay. you this song. This song's for you and Kyle. If you ever been to this it's called Winnie Rat. You know the lines can be real long. But I Tell Kyle to stay naked. Stay naked, Kyle. Who the fuck is Kyle? It's his buddy. Oh. His gay buddy. His old chub buddy? Yeah. Ball friends. Sexy Michael Starkle. Take your ass for weenie ride Spread your cheeks and swallow Just your Just pretend it's Kyle singing it to you like a roller coaster Where's the one to be your boss real? I'm gonna take your ass for weenie ride Hold on tight cause I'm coming inside It's better than a Ferris wheel or a water slide It's, it's Wes's backside All right, we got Matt. What's up, Matt? Doing good. How are you guys tonight? We're doing all right. What's going on, man? Drunk? Oh, just, yeah, 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 a little bit, a little bit. All right. You by yourself? What happened to Wes? I am all by myself, like the uh, first caller. My family is away, so I am playing. (laughs) It's a theme this week. It's a theme this week. (laughs) You know what I've learned is uh, to not start a family. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we the, need the one guy to be like... They, they took off for the week, so I'm hanging out listening to you guys and drinking a little bit. Love it. Where's the one guy who's like, my family's out of town and I, I'm having fun, but I, I sure do miss them. Like, or, that, that guy doesn't exist. Or, hey, my no family's nuts. in the other room and I'm having fun with my family. Yeah. <laughs> that guy doesn't exist. No. That guy does not exist. Nope. Right. No, no, that guy, that guy does not exist at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> Terrence, where's your family? Right, so that's a good point. There all you right. go. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. At, uh, at all. Saying. All right, so, man. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried. Uh, my, my wife, uh, she 
she green lighted me buying Ultimate Conical. What what does that mean? I mean, it was like, uh, hey, I want, I kind of want this this fun toy, and she's like, okay, yeah, go ahead and get it. You only had to ask oh, her one whoa. time. Uh, she's got a new car, man. You're I was gonna say, yeah, she, she wants yeah no kidding. Kitchen. I was like, she's loaded yeah. up for something. Do you have kids? <laughs> I, I've got four kids, so there's no more kids on the horizon. Wow. Are do they all have college funds set up? Uh, yeah. more. They do. Uh, how, yeah. how deep in debt are you? Besides your mortgage. Um. Well, I, I get paid to watch paint dry. Um. And Not the answer. yeah, yeah. Let's just say that the the conical will be a stretch. How old's your no, oldest kid? Then I wouldn't get it, dude. Pay off your debts first. Live debt free. <laughs> are you fucking Susie Orman? Yeah. Maybe. Susie J. <laughs> how old? How old's your oldest kid? Oh, uh, he's ten. Ten, and you got four of those things. Oh God, it's horrible. Well, yeah, yeah. I got well. I got I got twins, and oh, uh, they're eight, and then a, and then a stepson who's also eight. Oh. Stepson, even too. So that's the one who's really going to rebel, and he's going to lead all the other kids in against the rebellion against you. Bro. Yeah. D- does he hate you yet, or is that still two years off? Yeah. Yeah. Both. <laughs> <laughs> he hates me now, and he'll hate me more in two years. Yeah. Oh, I want to get no, no, no. I'll, I'll, no more kids, no more kids. They're all done. I just want to give Matt drunk of the week on sympathy. Well, I don't know, man. I feel like uh, just because yeah. he fucked his life up doesn't mean he's fucked up. Yeah, this is not screwed. No, up, no, no, no. My JP, JP, my life is nowhere near fucked up. I have a fucking fantastic life, fucking fantastic wife who wants me to buy an ultimate conical. That's pretty good. Supports my hobby wholeheartedly. Yeah, but you can't afford it. So she, to oh, me, yeah. she's a siren luring you down into the depths of debt, and you cannot do that. <laughs> you can't afford it. JP, you can't afford it. Hold on, wait, wait. Roll the die, and if it's above ten, yeah, it's all good to go. Okay, all right, all right. that's fair enough. Six, eight. It's an eight. Sorry, bro. Not quite. An eight. You want two out of three? Okay, roll it again. Roll it again. I got good mana. Wait, hold, uh, that it. was a four, okay. but it, it, it got core. Hold on, got in the way. Sixteen. Sixteen. Oh, it's all good. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Good mana. You survived. Actually, oh. I should have made you crit on that, but that's all right. Now maybe she's cool with the conical and everything, but uh, you know, four kids. You got work. You're busy. When's the last time you got a little vajun? When's the last time what, man? Vajun. The vajush. Oh, um, the vagine. Uh, Actually, to be insanely honest, uh, I got I got a little something right before she left. So last night. All right, nice. there you go. Matt's doing. There you go, everybody. All right, Matt, you're in the running mm. for drug of the week, my friend. Woo! <laughs> Later. All right, Terrence, uh, you can instead of you know we're not in mime class. You can use the microphone right there in front of you. I was actually trying to... Oh. Did he say what he drank? No, right. just come right in, man. Say it. Last call, Suze. Uh, <coughs> Kevin did. from Temecula. Kevin, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing, buddy? Anticipation's been killing me. Yeah, just waiting for your turn. <laughs> yeah, we're on, guys. We're on. Uh, what, do you got a bunch of dudes hanging out? Oh, uh, yeah. You knew it, huh? <laughs> 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 uh, what is it? Not as lucky as the last call and last night and everything, but I mean, <laughs> what is it? D and D night? It hasn't been a year or anything. Not that long. Your, what does your enough to do with it? All right. Is it? Uh, is it Dungeons and Dragons night for you and your buds? 
No, uh, well, Lyra's kind of a dungeon, but there's no dragons. We slayed them all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Been LARPing, see? <laughs> see? Huh? Eh? 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 You know what's a lot more fun is when people with groups of chicks with them call us, because right. then we get topless chugs instead of conversations about D&D. Yeah, instead of weenie rides. Well, you This is what Kevin's doing right now. They're playing their weenie ride right now. What are you talking about? What are you guys doing? <clears throat> are you, how drunk are you, Kevin? Um, I don't know, probably like five beers drunk. Six yeah, we're like five beers in like a western bacon... <laughs> <laughs> Five years well, of the Western bacon cheeseburger drunk. Western that's, bacon cheeseburgers are real good. If you're me, though. that's real drunk. That's pretty good. Uh, you won't catch me dead. You'll catch me drunk with a Western bacon cheeseburger, though. Yeah. But, uh, yeah exactly. Western bacon cheeseburgers? Mm, but, yeah, that's my, that's, that's my brother right there. Mm-hmm. Brother. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You guys got pants on? Uh, yeah, but no shirts. It's like 105 down here. That's how bros do it. He's talking with her shirts off. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, we're talking with her shirts off. It's all right. SoCal style. It's a weenie ride. Couldn't sustain, huh? No. <laughs> no, he's too good. Pulled out of that shit early. Hang on, shut up for a second. No, where's Nate when we need him? I just want Nate to play me this solo. Over and over. And make love to me. Same time? Yeah. You can do it. Uh, yeah. All right, can solo. Thank you. <laughs> all right, Kevin. Um, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, this is why I'm fucking drunk of the week. Because I drink nothing but my homebrew, yeah. blind pig homebrew, which I brewed, and it's almost my birthday, and I fucking picked some homebrewed hops today. And I taste like I've been Home eating grown. popcorn all day. Homegrown hops today. That's, that's my whole thing right there, okay. All right, I'll tell you what. Here's what I'm going to do. Bring your brother right. over near the phone. All right. I want your brother to hold the phone up to your fa- his face. And I want right, you to... Right, s- hold the phone. Wait, well, wait till I tell you what you got to do. Okay. With him holding the phone up to his face, I want you to slap him as hard as you can across the face. And if... I'm really going to slap I'm not going to slap your hand. If we're going to do no. this, I'm really going to slap It's got to yeah, be on his face. That would be awesome. on the face. I've been waiting for an excuse to slap this little bitch. Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> this is for being too funny. This is, this is for being too funny. Right? All right. Now, listen. Hey, Kevin. Yeah. Now, now, Brewer's Code, all right? It's got to be his face. Yeah. I don't want any hand slaps. You, I need the I need the phone next to his cheek so I can hear it. Okay. And it okay. doesn't, all right, it doesn't we, have to be as hard as you can, but it's got to be a good slap. Should we require a photo yeah, right, of no, the no, face no, afterwards? No, yeah. no, it's going to take too long. Yeah, you're right. right. Hey, 
starts, he starts, he did cry in the teacups when we were younger and shit. So if he starts crying on the phone, <laughs> he's gonna, I could see how teacups would be like a slap a in the face. That's what's gonna happen. He's been known as crying Ryan. Kevin, just hit him already. Is is crying Ryan your younger brother? Yes, he is, but he's a little bit taller. Yeah, yeah. look older. Well, thank God we got your height. Who's drunker, Kevin, right now or Ryan? Uh, he's about to get slapped, so... I think Ryan's a little bit drunker. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have a fucking job, though. All right, he all right. He all day. I'm going to switch it. I'm going to reverse it right now. I want... Oh! You son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! Yeah, I want... I want Crying Ryan to smack his older brother Kevin right across the face. And if he does it, and if, and, if, and if Kevin takes it like a man, I'll give him drunk of the week. I'm a fucking man. I'm a man. And now, all right, hang on now. Is there somebody else there that can vouch for the for the pressure for the for the hardness of the slap? Yeah, we need a witness. You I need a witness. This, guy? this guy's been on the, This guy's been waiting to talk to you for years. Give me a witness. It's all right. I'll vouch. I have a giant handlebar mustache. Who is so this? Who is this? <laughs> Put your PBR down Chris. first. You don't Chris. Spill it. All right, now, Chris. Uh, now listen. He doesn't have crying. Ryan doesn't have to do it as hard as he can, but it's got to be pretty. Like it's got to hurt like hell. All right. Yeah, like, he's already he, he's already fist pumping. Don't worry. He's like, he's, yeah. he's priming the guns right now. Now, Chris, like, you got to vouch that it's a real pumping. slap. And if it's a real slap, I'll give Kevin drunk of the week. Oh, definitely. No, yeah, we'll see you at SoCal Homebrew Fest again next year. We'll, we'll vouch for that shit. All right. Now I need someone to hold the telephone up to Kevin's cheek. While crying, Ryan does the slapping. All right, you count and then, down. And I want you to follow Kevin with the phone so I can hear the afterward too. Yeah. All right. All right. Count it down. Count it down. Ryan, follow through. Don't just stop at the cheek. F- push. Follow through. All right. All right. Are you guys ready? <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right. I want complete silence, and here's. I want complete silence in that room, and here's how it's going to go. I'm going to go one, two, three, and it's after three that you do the slap, so we all hear it. Okay. One, two, and then slap. It's going to go one, two, three, and then you slap. All right. Are you ready, right. Kevin? Are you ready? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I'm closing my eyes, man. Okay. Hey, Ryan, I want you to think about all Maybe the... Maybe run my balls first with my hand. Do it. That's what I'm talking about, Ryan. Pull I want poison you to, in the dirt. I want you to think about all the bullshit that your older brother Kevin ever did to you. Oh, this is like years. This is like 24 years in the making right yeah. here. This yeah. fucking metal is worth all of it. Hey, yeah, all, all the time those... he kissed your balls at night while you were sleeping. <laughs> all all those, that shit. All those wedgies oh, yeah, he gave you. All times he embarrassed you. Uh, and I want you to give it to his face right now. Yeah. All the times he took oh, your boyfriend yeah. in high school. All right, everybody ready? No? I'm ready. <laughs> One, two, three. Oh! Oh! oh. <laughs> I think he kind of closed his fist with that one. <laughs> oh, he closed his fist. Oh, shit. Oh, dear. Oops. The beer definitely didn't help the impact. <laughs> you know, it kind of sobered me up. I think I could drink a couple bit more. <laughs> It sounded pretty good. It sounded like a good hit. Did it hurt, Kevin? Did it hurt? 
Yeah, you know, I think I needed that, though. Kind of like, let me lose. A little fight at work and shit. Nah, I think your brother likes yeah. you too much. He didn't un- unleash on you. I was hoping that years of uh, of repressed anger would have come out and you would have knocked your ass out. Going to start a fight club right yeah. here and now. But he took it like a man. <laughs> Kevin is your drug Uh-oh. of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Jim's going to be up in arms about this one. <laughs> Chat room is already up in arms about that. I don't care. Oh, man, I feel like an Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. Have a, it's bigger than that. <laughs> have a good night. Take care of each other now, all right? No more fighting, yeah. shitheads. See you later. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, you know, Nico North was clearly drunker. the drunkest. Yeah, yeah. But what I gone, it's not always about that, though. I would have voted for Wes. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, Wes was pretty drunk, too. But uh, look, what are you going to do when you get a punch in the face? You know, Susie's trying try to talk. What's up, Suze? Wes just spilled beer all over his new laptop. Again? <laughs> He's like gone now. He was crying. He's like, I want to know who wins. How are you going to let me know? <laughs> oh, that's right. He doesn't even know. See, he won't even know that he lost. He's not going to remember. It's fine. It's fine. Let's get out of here. Hey, I forgot to mention, if you're not a member of the American Homebrewers Association, you should be. You can sign up by going to our homepage and click the AHA logo right there on the bottom right of the homepage. And look, AHA is a great organization. They fight for you in government, making sure things stay legal um, or become legal if you're in a state that it's not even legal to homebrew. Yeah. Put on a great event at the National Homebrewers Conference. Support competitions, big homebrew day. I mean, you name it. American Craft Beer Week, they help out with that. I mean, promotion everywhere. Plus, there's a pub discount program. Um, you get Zymergy Magazine. You know, all of this for like 38 bucks a year. It's ridiculous. Uh, 38 bucks a year, you get Zymergy Magazine, you get all the benefits, and you should be a member of the AHA. If you've ever been looking for a ticket to the Great American Beer Festival, uh, the best way to do it is by the members-only session. Which sold out in like two hours Yeah, or so everything like sells that, out less. Quick. Yeah. So do it now. They're a big supporter of the Brewing Network. We've really kind of grown up with them over the years, and uh, they've been fantastic to us. It's the American Homebrewers association go to um homebrewersassociation.org or just click the aha logo right there on our homepage, and you can do it that way oh weenie ride you know what i'm saying oh i feel you I mean, you know, Just all you complainers, we're on the next yeah. two weeks, so no complaining. Uh, all right. What was that? It's a Sunday show next week. Shit. Y- yep. Got a triple voodoo from San Francisco uh, next Sunday, and then uh, after that, it's uh, Garrett Oliver from Brooklyn Brewery, so good month coming up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've never had Garrett on the show. No, nope. he's the elusive one. He was hard to track down, that guy. I think I've had a recording with Garrett or something, but we never had him on the program. Hi, this is Garrett. I'm not in right now, but you can leave your name and number. I'll get back to you as soon as you can. Yeah, it was awesome. All right. Uh, so we'll see you next Sunday. Uh, in the meantime, JP, take us out of here. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. 
Follow JP on Twitter at MajorJip if you like random ramblings on topics you don't care about. Moscow has some paintings for sale. Follow Moscow Paints on Twitter for slim to no info on the subject. For some good beer info, insights, and homebrew and more, follow Nate at Nathan Homebrew and Nicole at Beer underscore Muse. The Trophy Fire's new album entitled Modern Hearts is available now at graydayrecords.com. Pick that up and support our friend and yours, Mr. Adam, I'm real tubby, Schumann. And be sure to find The Brewing Network on Facebook and Twitter.